dude. I spit did that growing up with my dad's fucking spit. Oh, yeah. Like, I went into the room, he had a can of Pepsi sitting on yep. the fucking nightstand. Mm, don't mind can. if I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, foul. And then never drink anything out of that room again. Yep. Yeah, you learned foul. very quickly. I've done that, too. Oh, but before Seth walked in, let's get to the story about somebody uh, yeah, okay, who let's, fucking shat themselves. Let's, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what I was laughing at when you <laughs> said that you heard me coming. <laughs> I'm literally just in, like, warehouse D. I'm up at the computer. Talking okay, real quick. I'm just going to say it before we start. Don't say names. I'm not. Company... That's why I just said warehouse D. I'm good, just good. Just do it simple. Because I want to keep the I want to keep this whole story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, somebody comes, butt cheeks are clenched, fucking going to the bathroom, going to the bathroom. It's like, what's wrong? It's like, I got a shit. Look over, dude's got fucking a brown spot in oh, his fucking no. shorts. Oh. Makes it over to the bathroom. He's in there for a couple minutes. I get a phone call. Hey, dude, can you grab me a sweatshirt? <laughs> I grab a sweatshirt, run over to the bathroom. Sure enough, doesn't boss man fucking come rolling around on the scooter? Hey, what you doing, B? I was like, uh, somebody just shit themselves. <laughs> and, well, fuck. Had to go home, get new sh- new. Sh- Luckily, it was at the end of the day, and he just ended up leaving, but, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those close calls suck. Sometimes it be like that, man. Sometimes. Yeah. I swear it was a fart, and it was wet. Well, yeah. A little too wet. <laughs> Let's imagine he was wearing, like, white pants or something. And he was. That's how he was wearing the fucking brown spot. Because <laughs> I didn't think he was fucking serious. He's just like, yo, I think I shit myself. And it's just like, no, you didn't. And then he keeps walking. Yeah, like, you did. Uh-oh, you did. <laughs> the proud turtle won a game of Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Place is awesome, isn't it? Loads. And it's like, there's bathrooms there. Like, just go to the bathroom. If you're gonna, you got to shit, just go to the bathroom. I mean, you're not a true adult if you haven't shat yourself at least once. I mean, I think I can say I don't think I've ever shit my pants. I'm calling you a fucking liar. You're telling me you never let out a fart the one to fart? I mean, maybe some, like, skid marks were never full-blown, like, shit yeah, my pants. Yeah, not like a fuck, not like, not, not like someone turd can, in my pants. Yeah, someone can <laughs> see through my underwear yeah. and my pants that I shit myself. I think the only that time... That happened to me, either. I don't think the... I think the only time They're I have liars. is... No. Do you shit in public? No. Okay, so don't don't. I'm not in your category here, but I don't give a fuck. If I got a shit, I got a shit. There yeah. is no like holding it to be more comfortable because I'm I'm afraid someone's gonna hear me fart into a toilet in public. Like if I got a shit, man, I'm shitting. I'm yep. not having that happen. I would much rather go to a bathroom in public and shit than walk through Walmart just like what you just explained here at your work. But Jason Clan. Yeah. Especially if you, you know, I mean, maybe said person might walk through this warehouse calling said employee spoobies and ignorant I, names. So, I don't know you know, what you're talking about. I don't call nobody spoobies. The ridicule that might come from a situation happening like that might be a little embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like pooping in public, but I will if I got to poop. Like, yeah, man. That's just how it I be. really don't know the last time I took a normal shit in public. 
Like, there was that time at the Grange Fair that, like, freaked me out. I don't know if subconsciously that just stopped me from being able to poop in public or what. What happened? Oh, dude. So, I think I was, like, 12 or 13 when I was friends with Adam. We, his family had a campground out at the Grange Fair. And we went out there and stayed. And one day I had to take a shit. So, we went over to the fucking stalls where the bathrooms are. And I'm sitting down taking a poop. And there's a fucking hole. Just a nice little circle. Right in the wall of the fucking shitter. And doesn't some old fucking man start sticking his finger through the hole? I don't know what he was hoping for, but it sure what? was not. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I like finished up, got the fuck out of there. Let me apologize. What now that I know fuck? you're traumatizing past with this subject, I understand why you don't shit in public. I get that, yeah. Oh my shit. god. <laughs> <laughs> that, all the years I've known you, I never heard that story. That's so funny. I mean, not for you, but <laughs> not for twelve-year-old you, but for fucking thirty-year-old us, it is. I remember one time there was like an event at the high school, like after, like it was at nighttime, like seven o'clock or something like that, and I had to like take a shit, and so I go into the bathroom by the gyms there, and like the lights are off and everything, and I'm like, God damn it! But I was like, I still gotta poop, so I feel my way through the bathroom, <laughs> find a stall, take a shit, and then I go to wipe, and there's no toilet paper in that. Oh stall. no! <laughs> so I have to like open the door and like shuffle with my pants around my ankle <laughs> to the next stall, but like it's completely dark though. Like, yeah. I'm just hoping no one like walks in when I'm halfway to oh, the my next God. stall. Lights <laughs> go on, Mike. Just like it freeze in the dark, like deer in the headlights. <laughs> Shit dripping from your bum, dick swinging. <laughs> this is not a good look. He falls down, trips over his own pants. You remember Purchase. when they fucking stole the toilet out of the boys' bathroom in the high school? What? Somebody just stole the toilet they from brought the like, high school. Yeah, they brought like a wrench set and like undid it from Literally the ground and everything. <laughs> stole the toilet. It was the one by like the cafe, like that bathroom yeah. by the cafeteria yeah. there. So the doors are right there. Was it a senior prank or just? I, like, dude, fuck if I know. I don't remember hearing they ever got the toilet back. <laughs> <laughs> school had to buy a new toilet. So I, I just imagine someone's toilet at home broke and the kids like, I know where to get a toilet, Dad. Don't worry. And he came home with the toilet, and the dad never questioned it. My we tax dollars that. paid yep. for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my toilet. I paid for it. Mm. Oh, going to a high school in the fucking boonies, you know? I feel like when we had to take that cow carcass through the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> and the teacher was like, what are you guys doing? Just don't worry about it. <laughs> was it for bio class? Yeah. yeah. After, like, it was like a baby cow, and, like, after, like, it, like we had been dissecting it all day. So the we had awesome to, like, bio teacher, Mrs. Mrs. Hannah, yeah. yeah. So we had to take it out, and then we just, like, basically threw it in the woods by the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where we were allowed to do that, but... <coughs> yeah. It was on the next day. It didn't School's say no property. dumping. Fair enough. If it doesn't say problem. no dumping, it's bas it's biodegradable. Exactly. It's it was, natural. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was gone the next day, actually. Yeah. Oh, Some, someone Some, grab it, dude. Yep. Coyotes, fucking... Mountain lions that we supposedly don't have. I mean, I doubt there's a mountain lion this close to the high school, but in Pennsylvania, we do get them. <coughs> Fun times. They move Fun around times. quite a bit. Yeah. Mm. But what's up? It's another good episode of Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. Michael Klosky. Seth Wirt. Errr, pappy. It <laughs>
<laughs> Feels good to be back in the room. It's been a while for us. I don't know how long it's been for you. It depends on how good I am with the editing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What do we got this week? We're going to go over what we know about Warcraft lore. Specifically regarding Arthas Menethil. Because if you didn't know, um, Blizzard finally, a couple years ago, finally cracked and gave the community what they wanted and re-released classic World of Warcraft. Ooh. So the way it was back in, what, 2001 when it launched? First Minecraft. Or first first Warcraft. World of Warcraft. And then that was so hugely popular and successful that they moved on to Burning Crusade, which was the next expansion. And come September 16th, I think, um, Lich King is going to re-release. Damn. And the big bad of... You know, the Lich King expansion is Arthas Menethil. Hmm. So, I figured it'd be fun to kind of go over... You know, I just had this idea last night, so I don't have a complete script researched for him. But, you know, I've played this game for, geez, almost 20... Actually, I guess 21 years at this point. And... Like, we go past that, that and it goes old. well, and it goes past that because Arthas was introduced in Warcraft Three, which came out before Classic World of Warcraft. So Arthas has been around for probably as long as I've been alive. <laughs> so it, it's you know anybody that is getting into Lich King for the first time in their life might not have ever really known Arthas's story. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know Arthas. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> nope. something that anybody that is interested in World of Warcraft might you know find find pretty cool. And yeah, I, I think it'd be cool. Figured we can do you know what like what we know. I mean, Mike has some knowledge on this stuff too. He used to play the game. As Mike's well. the know-all. It's been it's been a hot minute since he's actually played, so I don't know how much he might remember. But <laughs> Mike knows a little bit about everything yeah, that we talk about. Yeah, Mike Mike's one of those you know jack of all trades kind of guy. So, figured we'll go over kind of what we know, and then I can hit a research script and come back and kind of fill in all the gaps or correct anything that we might have misunderstood in the long run. I dig it. I dig it. We we went into, we have a Dark Souls chapter, finally getting it. We have a fucking Warhammer chapter, World of Warcraft. Wow. Can't forget about Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed, we do. I'm getting through that now that I got this new computer. I fucking have it on fucking... Can run everything on ultra high. It's awesome. <laughs> it is. It feels good, doesn't it? I fucking love it. Be able to have 1080p with no lag. And oh my god, feels good. Even stream, I only I was like using like less than four percent of my GPU. It's awesome. <laughs> and you did get a good deal on it. Thank you, Kevin. And he's looking fucking good, dude. Saw him the other day. He's down yeah. like forty pounds. Forty. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody want a bone? I dig it. Alright. You ready for tomorrow? Fuck yeah. I got an umpire afterwards. To make up for last week? Yeah. Brad has to. If I'm gonna make money, if I'm on vacation, I might as well make some money. And he still owes me for the first time I umpired, so that should be 100 bucks. What is it, 20 a game? 25 a game. Okay. Oh yeah, you're out. Everyone's out. <laughs> I gotta make this. I gotta make my commission. Everybody. That's the out. one. That is the one thing, though. That, like, I would say that like, there's only like a couple of us that actually, and it's just like, as soon as I call something, I call it. I don't care if I want. If I might have missed it. Yeah. But it's like one. I'm the only umpire. I'm behind home plate. So like, it's not like you can see second base or something. Yeah. Fuck off. 
like fuck off on like close plays. Like if I see that a ball, if I think that the ball touched the grass first, I'm making a call and that's it. I've yeah. like made some of the dudes that I play on teams with like upset because they're just like, whoa, bro. And they're like at me and I'm just like, he's safe. And then it's after like the game, they come things. up and they're like, honestly, I appreciate it because some people like they start going back and well, you can't. Well, it. yeah, and that's when people start getting mad. Oh, we, you just called him fucking safe. You can't call him out now. The other team starts coming. Yeah. And it's like, yo, it's like once you call, it's just like it is call what it is. Yeah, and if anybody wrong, starts bitching, if anybody starts bitching, I'm just like, you want to go out there? You want to go out behind second and start calling it too? Then shut the fuck up. Like, I'm yeah. one fucking person. Don't fucking come out here. Like. But no. most people aren't. That's like how that. you gotta do it. Are, yeah, most people are cool about it. Yeah, just Sunday fucking league. Chill yeah. out. Yeah. Sometimes people get emotional, but it's like, chill out, dude. Some softies. It's not like it was a missed call in a perfect game. Throw it first. Dip it out. Everybody misses calls every now and then, too. So, gotta remember that. Yeah, it's not like I'm Angel Hernandez. Dude, he's getting so much shit right now. Yeah, because he's terrible. I know, it's a fucking joke. He's literally, he's the worst. Just an Plenty MLB um. umpire who is he's just literally like calls that are eight inches off the fucking plate calling him a strike. Just just the fact that everybody even knows the, the full name of, a, of an MLB umpire. Like, he's famous. That's a valid just, point. Yeah. yeah, just the fact that you, you they have, have their own known is probably not a good thing as an MLB umpire. But the umps have their own union. Yes, they do. So they can't get rid of him. He's like he's been in the league for so many fucking years and stuff like that, and the the league can't get rid of him. Dude, announcers say stuff live about him. I saw one video like he missed one call, like what he said. It's like eight inches off the plate. Calls due to strike, and he's like Angel Fernandez in in prime form this starting season. <laughs> it's just like, damn, yo, yeah, Angel, fucking or Anhel, whatever the fuck your name is. Hang it up, bro. <laughs> You're done. Get some like, glasses, something. No, just sit behind the plate. Like just, just, just like take somebody else. Take the mask off. Buy yourself some tickets and just sit behind the plate for the rest of your life. You can call the game in your head. Just not. Just make sure it's not when it matters. Stand yeah. up in the seat yelling, "I wasn't right." Yeah, but just say, "Fuck you." You're an idiot. And they can take control. There was a softball video going around of an umpire who's missing calls and. They just call for a fucking ball, and the catcher's gonna miss it on purpose. Just let it hit fucking up. Yeah, but it's very that's very intentional, and you don't get away with that shit because, no. like I said, there it's a union. Like they have like back in the day, it was just like some random dude that's fucking hired by the league to show up and fucking call Babe Ruth's fucking. Uh, but if Babe Ruth turned around and oh. socked him in the fucking face, you know what I mean? Like it's not like they it'd be all like fucking publicized. There'd be lawyers involved, type shit. Like them's the breaks. Yeah. They get fucking pissy if you even bump into them. Oh, dude, you can't even argue a call without them wanting to just throw you out in fucking two seconds. Like, I just hate that. I hate when like officials in sports that just act like like their shit don't stink. Mm -hmm. It's just like you're protected by the rules, but like in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I'll find out where your fucking car is. Like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. We're we getting some news stories? Sure. What you got for us this week? The first one's kind of short, but a uh, beachgoer killed after impaled in the chest by a loose umbrella at I, South Carolina Beach. I just Beach. saw that one, too. What? Yeah, dude. It's crazy, like, dude. Like a fucking like a, like, Yeah, like umbrella. the big ones. Yeah. It's yeah. impaled? 
Yeah. Right through the chest. Yep, that wind just took it for a fucking ride. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> That's pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, the umbrella was blown from its anchoring by the wind at around 12.40 p.m. and hit Tammy Perrault while she was at the Garden City Beach. And uh, she was 63 and she died about an hour later at the hospital from chest trauma. Jesus. Beach umbrellas have a spiked end to help push into the sand and their wide canopy allows them to get ca- caught up in a strong wind if they are not anchored properly, uh, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety <coughs> Commission said. And apparently they estimate that about 3,000 people are injured by beach umbrellas every year. That's more than I thought it would I be. I know. Like, that's more than I thought it would be. come up with a better design for that beach umbrella. <laughs> New invention, boys. We've got to figure it out. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, like, it's hard to get it to stick in the sand. Like, that's the whole thing. It doesn't yeah. have to be like a fucking actual spike. You figure fucking... out a blunt end that's not going to fucking impale you. It's like I a, mean, a you're still going to get slammed that's by fine. a blunt object at high speeds then. You just have to like yeah, but you won't be impaled by it. No, you'll just be just be crushed by it. Yeah, they make like the parasols where they just detach from like the spear part. That would probably be a little bit better at least. Well, when the Atlanteans invade finally, all the beachgoers can just like pull up their beach. (laughs) Yeah, make a phalanx and start spartans. Yeah, you just flip them up and you fill the canopy with sand, and then there's like a spiked wall in the beach. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly. You got your shield and your and your fucking spear all. In one. That's why we don't have any better designs because they're functionally they're <laughs> working so the way they poor want. Poor fucking lady. Like, we're laughing, but she like what? Yeah, like you just fucking walking like you're just on the beach. You just get like impaled by a fucking <laughs> your by an umbrella. Was, oh man, I'm gonna die by an umbrella today. <laughs> yeah, that's not. It might just be out. <laughs> Cause like it happened like 12:40, like right after lunch. You just had like a nice lunch on the beach, you know, enjoying the sun, maybe laying there sun for the last time. Then a fucking beach umbrella comes from the sky. She's like, I can't look at the sun, the umbrella, (laughs) but I can't move the umbrella. It's in my chest. (laughs) Just like pinned to the ground, maybe. Yeah. Help me! Help me! Shit, we're terrible. So, uh, a builder was hit by a bottle of pee dropped from a crane. Oh, God. Ooh. Did he die? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. If he, he had his hard hat on, he shouldn't have. <laughs> but I don't know, bro. <laughs> if it's like a two-liter yeah. and it's dropped from a fucking Who good... Who the fuck's pissing a two-liter? Come on, this is construction there all day. What are you talking about? <laughs> 500 feet in the air, he doesn't have time to... Yeah, if it's, and if it's dropped from a good enough, it fucking break your he fucking neck. He said bottle of water, too. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it does say bottle. It it's probably how like big. a Deer Park bottle. Like, it's not that. <laughs> well, there was... I don't know if we talked about it, but there was that TikTok guy who, like, he was in a crane operator, and he shit in a bag, and he threw it down onto someone's house, and he got, like, in trouble for it because oh, he posted shit, it on I TikTok. Oh, shit, I did not see that one. That's yeah, funny. What? He just shit in, like, a plastic bag, and he just tosses it out of the thing, and you just see it splat on the Fucking roof of some dude's house. shit bombs every day. No one knows where they're coming from. Well, I mean, there's trucker bombs, too. Like, the truckers, and they just piss in the bottle and throw it out the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Molotov. <laughs> Piotov. Uh, a builder was knocked unconscious when he was hit with a bottle of pee, which see? dropped from a 50-meter crane. It was yeah. good see, enough that's to fucking... That's over 150 feet in the air. Yeah. 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 It could have broken. That'll his... kill you if you don't have your hard hat on. But that's, you just, your that's what hat. I'm saying. With the hard hat, it's not just about the skull. It'll break his fucking neck. Like, if yeah. you're just sitting there right. terminal velocity. Yeah, right man. And then it'll probably explode and just cover you in piss, which is and like glass. insult to injury. And was it glass? Like it doesn't. Say, it just says a. That's bottle. rubbing salt in the. What if it, right What if there? the cap comes down and hits okay. you? That would suck. 
The man I mean, this would suck in general, but... <laughs> it's just like the... Like, if it burst open, like... Oh, man. <laughs> the man who was part of a team of builders working on a new health center in Worthing was taken to the hospital, and he's now recovering at home. An eyewitness said the worker was out cold after the bottle hit him in the head. Somebody in the crane did something they're not supposed to, the witness said. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of his co-workers? It was just a witness, it says. Like, somebody passed No, the by. guy who, who dropped the pee. Well, like, I the mean, crane operator is, like... Usually, the crane operators are, like, contractors, like, hired out. Like, they work for, like, a, the crane company, and, like, the building site's like, hey, we need... We need okay. to hire you yeah. to come in and yeah. do some crane operating, because we can't <laughs> uh, The man reported suffering from neck pain and was taken to the hospital as a precaution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Operating concussions with fucking a fucking hard from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. yeah like whiplash to, like, type school shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like, I mean, just learning how to balance the fucking load that you're picking up on that crane. And they're awesome to see themselves get built up to. Yeah. Yeah, no, the cranes are really fucking crazy technology when you come to think about it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's what Steve, like, like not like. I, I, yeah. yeah, I know. He would always say that he instead of trucking, he wanted to get into crane operating, but couldn't get into cool. the crane operating school. <laughs> Is it really that competitive? Well, I, I just think he couldn't pass like whatever test the, they needed. Probably the actual driving and just like like with forklifts. Well, smaller, I would assume like, that not to go everybody. to crane school, you don't need to know how to drive a crane. No, but if you can't operate it effectively... Well, how do you learn to operate saying, it if you what don't go to What he's saying is to school. get into school where you would then learn how to yeah, do that stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, he's saying the dude was just... Because it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. The dude just couldn't much. pass yeah. the test, the prerequisite test, to get into the fucking school in the first yeah. place. Where yeah. is the gas? It's like, bro, we won't even let you in. We won't even let you see a crane right now. <laughs> You're legally not allowed to look at a crane anymore. I've seen TikToks of like of like different crane operators, and they like talking about like how I got my little booties up here that I put on, like slippers, so like because they're on the glass and they don't want to like scuff it up with their shoes and stuff like that. <laughs> That's great. When is it? Have you seen the TikToks about the fucking new job that you can make like hundred grand a year and you work two days a week? What? But you also have to climb like three thousand feet in the air to change a light bulb. Oh, yeah, I've seen those different ones. I think that'd be pretty fucking sweet. I mean, you're strapped in. Yeah, right. Like, it's. I'm it's still. A I'm still getting sweaty palms, man. I'm not saying I'm not, but like, you're not. You shouldn't go anywhere as long as you have your equipment. Yeah, two man, days a but week. But if they're paying you like fine, two, two days a year. Two days a year. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Sign like, me up. It's Worst case scenario is my bomb. equipment fails and it's suddenly I don't care anymore either. Yeah, Dive right. bomb down and <laughs> quick death. Yeah. You know what? I don't care. You don't know that. You don't know that. Yeah, that's best case scenario. You gotta land in your head, buddy. I'm sure you got pretty good like life insurance if you have that job, so... <laughs> Two days a year. I'd be fine with that. For 100k? I could do that. I could get over the fact that I have to climb 3,000 feet to change a light bulb. Just like halfway up, I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> yeah, just hang here for a little take bit. Take a piss. It'll be like, it'll like be damn, like man, black... I'm already like halfway through my yearly work. <laughs> it'll be like those black and white pictures of the construction workers on the skyscraper where they're Dude, sitting on the fucking beams. Be, this fucking little lunchbox, mm. <laughs> and they're just not strapped in. Yeah, no, they're that's... just dangling mm. on the fucking hitting steel golf girders. balls. Yeah, dude. Or like, uh, like cliff climbers that have like those. 
like things they bring with them where they basically just hammer into the side of the cliff yeah, and then it's like an anchor ha- yeah, well, no and then it's like a hammock basically that you can like lay in oh, it's yeah. like like a yeah, like they're fucking. Thing. That's crazy. Did you see dude. the fucking? There's a. Oh, I think it's in Switzerland. There's a hiking trail that is literally on the side of a mountain. <laughs> it's it's like basically you take fucking horseshoes and pound them into the side of the fucking mountain, and that's what you walk across. Sheer fucking cliff, just like those. And it's just little metal bars that you walk across, and it's like what? Damn. <laughs> One little Kraken. I don't There's know what one country Netflix it was in, but I think that it was one over free climber. Oh, the one who had to cut off his arm? No. The free solo guy. Yeah, free solo. That dude's insane. He just, like, free, like, no, like, oh, yeah. nothing, just yeah. freehand climbs. Like, yeah, people that fucking freehand climb, first off, it looks crazy. The fact that they can do what they do is nuts. And then you just think about the fact that they're doing it with no, like, you, fu- you, you fuck up, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. I like it's how like <laughs> that's that that mentality is just insane to me. He's like, I want to take a break. The fucking grip strength and just your fucking fingertips. Yeah. Well, then he's like, I need to take a break, so I just wedge my knee into these crevices yeah. and then I just hang from that because this is like like the like I find a V-shaped rock and yep. I just wedge my knee in there and I just hang. Yeah. Straighten <laughs> <laughs> out and mm-hmm. you're good to go. Yeah. Like, fuck. Dude, yeah, that fucking documentary made me fucking that made my hands sweat just I watching saw, him. I was still on a video where there's like a new guy and that. That guy was like that guy's crazy <laughs> damn yeah i don't i don't he did say in that either. documentary there are other people that have done better than him it's just the people around him say that the one the guy who that documentary is about they say that he's just nuts like he's just on a different level like yeah, just because he's so zen like he's just so calm about everything and he does and i think he did one that was like really like really insane but there have been other ones that have done even crazier ones, like legendary dudes that do that free solo like him. And yeah, that dude thinks he's like, yo, those people are fucking insane. Yeah, because like, like if you freak out, you're done. That's yeah. game over, bro. Yeah, it's done. game yeah. over. Yeah, it's just out. wild watching those. Like when they're hanging off that side of the cliff, and it's just like one wrong rock. What are you doing? Like where? Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? He's having fun, man. I yeah, yeah I know. You can't I mean, have fun other ways. Yeah, I know. But to me, it's like the it? only reaction that I could have to it is just like if I found myself in that situation, I'd just be like, why? Why'd I do this? Why am I here? Why the fuck did I do this? Like, I want to go back. Speaking of people pushing themselves to the extreme, fucking, you ever watch that video? I think Zach linked about the Ice Man. Like it was a oh, long the, time. Yeah. The guy in like Poland. Yeah. That literally fucking climbs mountains in his underwear. Yeah. Like the, it's below freezing, and he's perfectly fine. Yeah. He doesn't Family shiver. Humans did yeah, the doesn't on doesn't the episode on him. doesn't get cold. He'll go for no. fucking swim under the ice yep. in his underwear. Yeah, and that dude and that dude he like claims. People. Yeah, he'll train you. Yeah, dude claims that literally that everyone can do it. Thing. It's, yeah. it's a mind yeah. over matter kind of thing. Yeah, but and actually, a lot of people that have done it claim that it did help them. Oh yeah, it makes good. sense. Yeah. It's like ta- it, it basically it's like tapping into your like prehistoric like fucking instincts. You know what I mean? Like when you're a fucking caveman. Like yeah, and like doctors have put him in ice baths for over two hours, and he's still perfectly. Yeah, he like, doesn't go hypothermic yeah, or anything. Yeah. Hypothermic. He's just fine. He just gets out just of the bath. There just reading a book. Yeah, like in a fucking tub of straight up ice, and then he just gets out after the two hours and just walks away. He's like perfectly fucking oh, fine. It's like days work. It's refreshing. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's like crazy. How? Oh, I normally stay in one for four hours at home. This would be nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some people are fucking nuts. There was yeah. the guy who never gets tired from running. Yeah, his bu- his, his muscles literally don't make lactic that. acid. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, lactic acid is what makes you feel yeah. fatigued in uh-huh. your muscles. He 
Yeah, that's that's not really good. No, it isn't. It isn't because he could theoretically, literally, run himself to death. Yeah, he he will if he doesn't feel tired, he could overexert his muscles. He's literally like that. The Forrest Gump, like yeah, the dude has just run across the country just to fucking do it. Yeah, because he can. It's nuts. It's getting dark. I guess I should stop. (laughs) Have you ever heard of David Goggins? Just throw on a fucking headlight and just. You ever heard of David Goggins? Which one's Goggins? The Navy Seal. That was like fucking like almost 300 pounds and he lost a shit ton of weight now he runs like marathons on broken feet what on broken yeah. feet Damn. he like ran he ran like a hundred mile marathon and he uh he had like all these stress fractures in his fucking shins and his feet and stuff like that like literally like he was just like and now he just he like his whole thing is like he'll be he wrote a book and uh now he does like on instagram he, he has a big following because he'll just like get up and run and he'll like have these motivational like uh commentary over of like I didn't want to get up and do it this morning but I ain't a fucking pussy <laughs> get up and fucking do it Goggins out and it's just like he's just like one of those Navy SEAL dudes that just like he gets up and fucking just like no excuses like he just does it but yeah he's fucking nuts he runs like marathons and he's on br- literal broken feet like that is insane. crazy yeah he's intense he's fucking intense he went through like SEAL training three times he like went through bud trading like three fucking times. He had a hole in his heart that they had to patch. He didn't. Re- he went through bud training three times, and then after is when they re- like he was doing marathons when they realized. So he like thought about it. He's like, dude, I had a hole in my heart the entire time I went through bud training. He also had like broken feet in that too, and they pushed him past it. And he's still like, he's just a nuts motherfucker, dude. I've been reading his book. I have that, but I've seen him like interview by like Joe Rogan and other people interview him. He's He's fucking intense, bro. <laughs> Hundred mile marathons and broken fucking feet. When you said broken feet the first time, I thought of like the Chinese like. Yes, I did oh, too. And then just what? someone like trying to run the marathon on those. Yep, that, I Man, thought of that too. That was no. my first thought too. And nah, then his I went down the rabbit hole of my brain like, to the I, Aztec coneheads. Mm-hmm. His is more just like stress fractures, like his fucking like. His, his feet are so chafed and shit that they're bleeding. Like, he fucking takes off his shoes and they're just like, his toes and his stuff are just fucking bleeding as fuck. Just it turns a- the boot upside yeah. down and the blood just fucking comes yeah. pouring out. Layer skin swaps out. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, he's crazy. He's yeah, you nuts. have to be crazy to do something like that. No normal person's gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those dudes, too. He just says, it's like, all mind over matter. He's like, I don't want to do this shit. But I'm gonna. So I ain't no fucking pussy. <laughs> I was watching uh, the Sandman the other day. You were talking it? about that? Uh, it was really good. I liked it. I, I keep seeing it on my on popping up, and I'm like, do I want to or not? They like towards the end of the season, like just out of nowhere, you just see like these three people sitting in like a diner, and they're like talking. And like you basically come to like realize that they're serial killers and they're making a convention for serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> and they like eventually they go like they like you get to like they see the convention and stuff and it's welcome to the, the serial convention, like just it's like serial. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It was pretty great. Hmm. And then they had like the nights like there was like the night stalker and stuff like that. Like they put like some actual ones in there. It was cool. But yeah, like Sam, it's really good. How was Brienne of Tarth? She was good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about her as an actress. Why? I don't know. I just there's. Did you not like her? In I don't. I I literally life? don't know why. I just like don't. There's I'm something not, about her that just irks you. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of her. <laughs> it was funny. It was like uh, the same as talking about it. Like when they're going to hell to like 
because like, he's like trying to get his like items back, like his like tools he calls them, like what he uses, and like his helmet was traded to a demon, and so he goes to hell to try to get it back, and then uh, he's like, we're going to see Lucifer, the beautiful, most beautiful of all the angels. <laughs> <laughs> And then he has, like, a poetry slam battle with Lucifer. Yes. Hell yeah. That's the part I saw. It was, look, it was like, Luce, like, he's like, Lucifer, you can start. And he's like, Lucifer's like, I'm a, I'm a dire wolf, like, angry hunting. And then... Luce, it was funny that she, of all people, said dire wolf. Yeah. And then uh, the Sandman, he's like, I'm a horse archer, wolf hunting, slaying. And then, like, they basically, like, keep saying, like, the things. Like, they actually, like, those things actually happen. Like when, so like when they're the wolf, the wolf yeah. like scratches him, and he like he like he reacts, and he fucking comes up, and you see that he was scratched. And then when and he then, says he's like the horse archer, like you just see an arrow just get shot like into Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, she gets hit, and then, and then she then, says like she's a snake, and like but like poison bites the horse, and then you see like him like just poison just like start crawling up like his neck and shit like that. Like he's it's, an it's eagle. crazy. Yeah, and then like, he's like a hawk or an eagle or something. He's like, I'm a planet. I'm a planet. All encompassing, life giving, and you just you just see a fucking planet like come out of nowhere. She said like she was a, a nebula. I know a nova. A nova. And he, you just see him get fucking like pretty much in, like incinerated basically. And he's like, I'm a universe star creating, and he just fucking turns into a universe. Black hole crazy. Next. I really thought at the end when it's when he she said she was darkness like all consuming like universe ending. I thought he was gonna say I'm Lucifer light burning. I thought that, that would have been yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, that would have been. Because yeah, the whole time he's calling him like, oh, hello, light bringer. Long yeah. time I haven't seen you, light bringer. <laughs> yeah, she said anti life. Yeah, that's what she called it, not the darkness. But yeah, that would have been funny too. Wait, I think it was like I think she said like. Yeah, she definitely said the darkness that yeah. like fades out of like that you can't like. Like the end and of the he's universe like, or I am hope. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that one before. <sighs> Never. That's why I, I don't know. I was still uh, when I was like, come on, say it. I'm say you. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. There was a part with like Cain and Abel where like every day just he gets killed and he comes back to life. <laughs> uh, nice. That was. I mean, I watched the Netflix series Lucifer. Cain and Abel were in there too. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> their their fucking take on that was pretty good. Oh, but I guess like so he's like the king of dreams, basically like the Sandman. Uh, like they call him like they call him the Endless, like Death's one. Like they're all, they they're all like a family, I guess. Like just like death, desire, despair, uh, delirium, and there's like other ones too that you don't really see, but uh. Like they just like they're eternal, basically. Like they like death, like just always like is there at the end, like a scorch you across. Like there's a whole episode where he just like hangs out with death, and they just go around and do stuff, and like kind of like teaches him that like, oh yeah, like this is our job. Because like in the first episode, he gets like captured basically by like a ritual magic guy. And he's like, in in like a later episode, they say he was an enemy of Alistair Crawley, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he ba- oh it was uh it's Lannister it's uh. Tywin? Yeah, Tywin. And he's yeah, like it. he's the ritual magic guy and they, they try to summon death, like capture death and like bring their sons back from World War One because they died in World War One. Uh but they end up catching Dream instead and like they lock him in up like a glass bubble basically. Demon in a jar. Yeah. Demon in a jar, don't open the jar. <laughs> You're just a dwarf in a flask. Just pick it up and shake it around every now and then, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Nice mouth. You know, nothing better to do. Yeah, you got to give them something that goes on in the in the jar. Wake up! 
<laughs> you owe me wishes, bastard. <laughs> you gotta do something for me. <laughs> I'll let you out on one condition. <laughs> and that's pretty much what they were going for in that show. They they, they wanted to capture death to get their sons back. But then like they captured Dream and he's like, Can you give me anything? Like And then eventually after like so long, like after like Oh no! Like years, like years. He's like, just talk to me. I'll let you know. <laughs> the whole time he just doesn't say anything. He's just in the bubble, just fucking naked, just sitting there. Just, naked, just sitting there. Like, god damn it, this happened again. He's right. You can't play the eternal game with something eternal. Like, well, you can then, wait forever. Eventually, he dies, and like his son like takes over, and his son lives to be an old man. Then, before they finally like get him out, like it's crazy. <laughs> Fucking great! I think he's in there for like a hundred years or something like that. Maybe a little bit more. Blink of an eye to him. Probably. The whole kingdom gets fucked. Like the whole dream room like falls apart basically. Well, I mean, yeah, hundred or hundred <laughs> years without their fucking the ruler. Yeah, definitely a good show. Like I liked it a lot. What's it on? Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah I'll have to take a look. And there's definitely going to be in a second season, like they set it up. Like, at the end of the first one. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I'll definitely take a look. I've been watching Lock and Key on that. Oh, yeah, I heard that was good. Yeah, I liked the first season. It was pretty good. I just finished the first season of Stranger Things. I just finished the last season of Stranger Things. <laughs> it's pretty good. Moshi, Moshi, Jesus, Desu. Oh, I, I was telling Brad, but, uh... Oh, I don't know. What? Oh, they yeah. killed attacking Ohio FBI office with Central PA native. Who? I don't I don't know his name, but uh like after like the whole Trump thing with like raiding his Mar-a-Lago or whatever to get the nuclear do- yeah. documents back. Uh basically like the the Republicans said like it was bullshit and everything. I know. And this and like crazy people like this guy went to an FBI office intending to like murder all the FBI agents there. And it did not end well for him. Yeah, I mean... Who would have fucking thought? Yeah. <laughs> He's from, uh... County near Harrisburg. Ricky Schiffer. <laughs> That's fucking Shout crazy. out to you guys. Did Dude, you guys... I don't get it. People are just fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Like... Like, Dude, they'll storm anything for Trump, man. They really fucking will. Well, they'll you know, fucking... uh, they they searched his house under the Espionage Act, so which means if they do find if they find him guilty under the Espionage Act, that could be treason. So Trump could be executed. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> no one served time for any of this stuff, though. There hasn't been like a president or any like. Yeah, but if that man was actually fucking holding no, because they because they because they do say that not only does he have secret, but he has top secret, which is national security type shit, and it's yeah. just like that's insane. That's like if I you mean, took like there's there's the tiers to the documents, so it's like some documents I could see it, but you got like top, top secret, secret fucking, shit, like you, you have like and supposedly they're saying they, yeah, that's what I'm saying that. See, well, no, that's it's supposed to, right? Know. That's what yeah, the national records said. Like, that's what, like, the, yeah, like, like the that's the of records. Yeah, that's the official story, but they also don't, they haven't named the source for who, like, said that to them. No, it was, it was like, the hall, like, the National Hall of Records. Like, basically, like, oh, where, okay. where all, every, all See, where I've read, stored, okay, okay. They, they said that... Then I haven't got caught up with my reading. They've been contacting him for fucking forever now. Like, since, since he was president, because he left with these 15 boxes. Like, people mm-hmm. saw him leave with it. Like, they yeah. know he did it. And like they've been contacting like 
can we have them back? Like, that's the top secret documents. You know, you're not the president anymore. Can we have them back? We gotta show Biden. Well, and then, like, all this... And then, like, Trump's been coming out and saying, like... They never asked me for it. They could have just asked for it. They didn't have to raid my house. Yep. It was like, bro, they've been asking for two fucking years for it back. Yeah. <laughs> I never got the message. I wasn't home. Yeah. <laughs> like. You said no, no. Nothing like this has ever happened to any other president in history. Well, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Well, no, another one fucking left with fucking 15 boxes. Yeah. yeah there were still fucking 15 <laughs> boxes of top secret yeah, like documents. Said, it's like the top of the top secret. Like it's literally like nuclear. Yeah. There's like tiers to type of like information that they that they like classify, and they yeah. said like they're because like. We, I, it's like you always see stuff in movies where it's like top secret, but it's like there is like there's a secret which isn't quite as bad. It's like secret stuff they don't want people to the public to know, but it's like if it did get out, it's not as concerning. But the top secret is they legitimately like classify as like I think are there aliens? I think it was top secret slash SCI, which I'm assuming means science. Like yeah, some sort of like science research. Yeah, yeah. and if this type of information they like they classify that if this type of information comes out, it would like bring disastrous results to national security and just the public in general. Like there could be just riots over this information. <laughs> I mean, if it like say it was something about the nukes or something like that, if someone could back door into our nuclear system, just turn them off. Yeah, fucking, how are we gonna respond? You know, then the bad or well, yeah, yeah, and I, I feel like it'd be much more likely for them just to like. Depends on the information they have, but yeah, you know, it could definitely just turn them off, like yeah. just disarm them. And I mean, like, because that's the whole point of them, really, is a deterrent. Like that's how yeah. they've always, well, pretty much always been used. Oh yeah, it's all. It, it's a lot of it's been like if you shoot yours, I'll shoot mine, yeah. and then it's and if you can guarantee someone short, can't shoot theirs. Yeah, that's yeah, game it's, over. It's become like okay, well. You could do this, but we're both going down if you do this, so think well, about this carefully. Especially right now, man. Russia's fucking wild with it. And then, uh, since Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan, yep. China's China. <clears throat> I learned my com- the company I work for now, they just pulled out of Russia. Straight up, just, just left. It's fair. They, they were like, nope, we don't like Russia, we're just gone. Just fucking left. Yeah, McDonald's did. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Now like, they have state-run McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> See, there's a McDonald's for bees. What? what? Yeah, there's like I don't know. I saw it on Reddit. It was like the world's smallest McDonald's, and it was it McDonald's literally made like a a thing for bees. Mm, here's like it had yeah, like it's for flowers and stuff. Well, bees are having a hard time right now. Have a honey meal. Yeah. So like. I don't know. I thought that was just the, they just keep taking it packages and just eating them into the yeah. woods. <laughs> and it was. It was just like tiny little fucking McDonald's on like on a stick. Basically, it looked pretty funny. I mean, good for them, but they're yeah. still funny as shit. Yeah, no, I thought it was funny, but I also did. You know, like it's one of those things. It's just Poor a bees. Interesting. Have you seen the video of that Tesla slamming into like the child dummy in the Tesla they were doing? Yes. So. uh... Elon Musk fans want to throw children in front of Tesla after his autopilot kid-sized dummies. Taylor Ogan, who first uploaded a video of a Tesla Model Y and a Lexus RX performing a side-by-side test to see if the autopilot systems would detect a defenseless child-sized mannequin on the road and slam slam its brakes early enough to avoid running it over. But the Tesla totally flunked the test by bulldozing into the fake child and eating its body like a bowling pin before coming to a complete (laughs) stop. It's 2022 and Tesla's still on stopping for children, Ogden captioned the <laughs> post. 
Highlighting how the <laughs> Lexus RX that stopped for the dummy is equipped with LiDAR, a technology Tesla Motors CEO Musk still refused to use for self-driving. We have the video. What is LiDAR? Well, it's is like it, it's it's a radar basically. Is it is the L stand for like low, like low to the ground kind of radar? LiDAR. They use LIDAR it for, for like stuff. ground penetrating radar. It's how okay. they find like the those like uh, overgrown cities and like jungles, or find out what's like deep beneath the earth. Yeah. Like they said, like it's is it vibrations. I, I, I don't know exactly. It's, it's, it's a form of radar. I don't yeah. know exactly. Like I think you're what right. It is. If you're talking about like ground penetrating radar stuff yeah. like that, I think it is like vibrations. It sends like vibrations down into the ground and it reads them as they ricochet off of things coming yeah. back up. Where are we at here? Yeah, in the media. This is the first. No, it's the top one. Yeah, that one's the first one. This is a couple over. Oh, okay. oh yeah, Tesla just fucking slams the kid. Yeah, so the Tesla's on the left and the Lexus is on the right. And the loading bar's in the center. Nope. Nuh-uh. Oh, shit, you're right. (laughs) If it's in Discord, it might be better if you just go to the link. Yeah. I've noticed Discord is really weird with playing videos sometimes. Doesn't even slow down for a second. Oh, you didn't. Play, oh, you gotta turn the sound on. It's great. <laughs> it does. It just fucking goes. And then the Lexus, it fucking it slams on the brakes. Doesn't even hit it. They're going. They're going. Tesla doesn't even slow down at all. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, the bump. At least the Lexus, yeah. You know? <laughs> People are just laughing in the background. Well, I mean, it's a dummy at <laughs> least, but. Yeah, but it's not funny. Yeah, it's not funny because that could happen to an actual child, well. but it is fucking funny when it happens to a dummy. My yeah, homie I'm not talking a t- about a, a not smart child. My homie just bought a Tesla and fucking. Tell him to watch Tell out. Tell him to watch There's out for something. kids. <laughs> I mean, he still has he has he has a brake in there. He can use, but that's just fucking weird. You don't use the brake normally. You like that's the only way you'd use a brake is if if you yourself are like worried about something or in in an emergency. But they brake themselves and it goes back to the battery. So like as you're driving, when you press the pedal in, that ta- that's like taking from the battery, and it'll show you on the front screen. It'll like this like little bar- sidebar which looks like kind of like a like a progress meter will start like going in like a different color like a gray or something like that and then as you like coast as you get your speed up and you coast and put your and pull your uh, foot off the pedal it'll change to green and that's taking all of the regenerative energy and sending it back to the battery so like it's using your momentum going forward and sending that power back to the battery instead of using it up every time you pull your foot off the gas and it breaks itself. So when you're doing that, it bre- it looks just like that. It's supposed to look for the car ahead of you. It breaks itself. You don't fucking press the brake. And I was like, I don't. I don't think I can get. I can't I get like used that. to that. Yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, you drive standard, so that's. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Don't like I don't that. fucking drive standard. And I was like, I looked at. I was like, I don't know how you do that, dude. I was like, I'd be. I'd do it every time. He's like, yeah, but then he explained the regenerative power thing. He's like, you don't want to. He's like, because using the brake is using the battery yeah. too. So it's like. <laughs> blew my fuck. I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" I uh, uh-uh, I don't like that. It's fucking different. It's it's fucking different, dude. 
And then they got all this, like, they had whoopee cushions. Like, he literally, he could set a whoopee cushion to any chair in the fucking thing. You could have a fucking whoopee cushion on fucking, of on your turn Elon. signal. Yeah, of no, course it's like Elon we, put yeah. a whoopee cushion you can in like instead set of it. child detection. Well, you can put, like, any, like, sound you want for pretty <laughs> yeah. much anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's great. You just, like, set them up. It's, like, it's almost like a, it almost looks like Mac type shit. Like, when you go, it's, like, a, just a screen inside of it, and it's, like, everything almost is just, like, broken down almost like a map. I just picture it like, like the cars and iRobot that Will Smith was driving. You know, there's no steering wheel. The steering wheel only pops out when you put the car in manual. Another thing that was weird <laughs> is that, like, when you're sitting on the outside and you see, like, the top of the roof, like, go over top, it looks like a normal car. When you get in, it's fucking tinted, and you see everything. Like, you just look up, and it's not like you have, like, the interior of the car. It's all it's like fucking a one glass way, It's like you, a one-way kind of Yeah, mirror. you just, like, look up, and you're just like, what the, the fuck? Like, yeah, That's look, fucking cool. Yeah, I, I looked from that. the outside, and I didn't fucking notice it. No, that's cool. And then I got in, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this freaking me out, bro, this whole fucking car. So, uh, the Guardian also reported on a recent safety test conducted by the Dawn Project. With the latest version of the Tesla full self-driving beta software repeatedly ran over a stationary child-sized mannequin in its path. <laughs> the claims issued by the advocacy group form a part of an ad campaign urging the public to pressure Congress to ban Tesla's autopilot technology. Uh, Elon Musk says Tesla's FSD software is amazing, but a lot of people say it's not. It's a lethal threat to all Americans, founder of the Dawn Project said. Uh... He said over 100,000 Tesla drivers are already using the car's FSD mode on public roads, putting children at great risk in communities across the country. And uh, we have that video if you want to play it of him talking about it. Yeah, it was the second one there. Oh, I don't think it was that one. <laughs> I don't think it was that one, though. Yeah, it's, it's the second one. It was three. This one? Yeah, that's, no, the third. that's the third. Go up. There. Tesla's whole self-driving software is amazing. It will blow your mind. Yeah, it will. <laughs> 100,000 Tesla drivers are already using full self-driving on public roads. I'm Dan O'Dell. I'm a safety engineer. And Tesla full self-driving is the worst commercial software I've ever seen. Tell Congress to shut it down. Just a bit. <laughs> 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 just them taking out the kids. <laughs> That's fucking great. Oh my god. That is a great ad. Jesus. This fucking smacking the kid mannequin. Why can't I get YouTube ads like that? <laughs> uh, Wait for voting season. I would watch YouTube ads like that. Wait, I just get YouTube ads up. in Spanish. I get on my fucking Pandora, I get Colgate in Spanish ads. Why? Why do we get Spanish ads? Well, and it's like, it's just Colgate ads. My other ads are in English. It's just whenever a Colgate ad comes on, it's in Spanish. <laughs> That's what I don't get. Whatever. Uh, so now it seems that Tesla fanboys, or Tessies, as they call themselves, uh, are hell-bent on defending their favorite automaker's honor. Taking to Twitter, most of them argue that as the, quote, children involved are not made of flesh and blood, but rather of cardboard and stuffing. That's not going to make a difference. The test did not prove if a Tesla would stop in front of an actual human child. Tell them That's to not how it works. Car. That's not how it works. We have some uh, quotes from them. Such a pointless test. Watch FSD beta. It registered every person in the vicinity, and if anything is overly cautious, a user commented. 
It has never hit anybody despite 40 million miles driven. 40 million. This is a fake, useless, non-real-world test. How many people get hit by cars in general? I can't imagine it's that many. Well, actually, I saw uh, there was another, like, I found another website that literally lists, like, every accident a Tesla's been involved in. And there was at least 15, like, where the driving and, hit people. And do you remember when we talked a while ago where Tesla's autopilot would just shut off before an accident? Yeah. Within, like, if it would, like, five seconds out from an accident or something, it would just fucking shut off. <laughs> it's on you now, buddy. Yep, it's, it's your fault. <laughs> I wasn't driving. <laughs> like, that's crazy not good software. hey cars just covering its own ass yeah <laughs> uh, another person said this is staged you never said one positive thing about tesla ever and invest in lidar uh or a third said if i'm pressing the accelerator the car should do what i tell it to do no matter what it shouldn't matter if there's a hundred children in front of the car <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't override the driver's manual input under any circumstances so bs test uh, and as soon as someone commented, but that's a fake child, I bet it would work if it was a real child, Tesla fanboys got to work with one Twitter user risking it all to prove that the world's leading electric car would stop for an actual child. What? He said, is there anyone in the Bay Area with a child who can run in front of my car on full self-driving beta to make a point? What? I promise I won't run them over. We'll disengage if needed. <laughs> <laughs> what? He also... he. Who the fuck would do that? Uh, at Whole Mars blog, they're the one who tweeted it. No, but why? Who the fuck would offer up their child? Just get on your knees. Uh, he also yeah. Why doesn't he just get on his knees in front of the fucking Tesla? <laughs> Put your shoes on your knees and run across the street. Yeah. Okay, stop. I promise. Yeah, the car will stop. Trust me. Uh, he said he added that it was a serious request, and he said this is completely safe as there will be a human in the car. Uh, he that says is not what that means. <laughs> he updated later with, "Okay, someone volunteered. They just have to convince their wife." They just I wish. have to convince their wife. Well, that's not gonna happen. So. No, because like, I've been trying to get rid of this motherfucker. <laughs> not even mine. <laughs> that's <laughs> fucked up. That's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, the enthusiast then detailed a list of instructions that would be followed during the test, including the fact that the child's father would be seated behind the wheel. So, oh shit! So he's the one fucking killing them. Kill your own kid. <laughs> it's crazy. Why? Why are people fucking nuts? I don't know. I just <laughs> like, dude. If there's evidence in front of you that this car is gonna run a kid over, hey, that second guy—he just video after video after video of the car just slamming into fucking kids. Like, yeah, how the fuck can you ignore that? Like, at the very least, like, I get it. Maybe you're like, okay, that test didn't count because of this variable, but that doesn't mean you can just discredit the test entirely. You have to fucking. Let's put some people in yeah, there. Yeah, no, out. no, that's not how that works. You don't just skip to the end. I was like the guy was like, I don't care if there's a hundred kids in front of me. I want yeah. the car to go. <laughs> it better listen to me. All right, Jerry, I think we're ready for human trials. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. I always loved the one where like he brought out that uh, Elon. He brought out like that. Tesla truck or something the like cyber that. Cyber truck, the the bolt, the fucking windows. <laughs> yeah, he throws the ball at the window and it shatters. Just, oh. Yeah, just spiders right away when it's supposed to be like it's indestructible. Be He's like, oh, like right in front of the whole crowd, like oh shit. I don't remember what that third video was, but I think it just shows like a close up of the dummy. Oh, like oh, at impact. impact. That's the second video. At wasn't impact. It? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Never mind. Oh, yep, that's a close-up of the dummy. And that's like the LiDAR sensor on that car. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Why doesn't Tesla this look just like cardboard? Yeah. That's what he was saying. It was trying to debunk that there was cardboard or something like that, but it was like something solidified. Like yeah. Actually no, that looks like. Uh, the thing Obviously is, it's not like the fake flesh from like this fucking like. Not ballistic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like forged in steel when they're trying to see how lethal. It's not like one it's of those, key, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be detected by a radar. Yeah. It's like a little sack boy. Is that an alligator with a knife in its head? Yeah, wow, way to spoil it. <laughs> yes, it is. Ooh. Fuck you guys. You motherfuckers who sit in that goddamn chair, steal fucking news articles all the time. I look at one picture that's sent to my fucking computer and I get yelled at. This is some bullshit. You ever hear about the you know fucking what? alligator that nobody can kill? You fucking say it without me. I'm fucking. I'm no, you get back in here and you oh, watch we got this alligator have a knife in its head. Yeah, we got other ones to go through first. That's like the last one. Did you hear about the fucking... Did you ever hear about the gator that's unkillable? It's like 30 fucking years old. People have literally shot at it with AK. They hunt it. They literally hunt this gator. It has a name. Because it, it's just unkillable. Nobody there's can only, catch it and kill it. There's only one spot on a, quarter, on a fucking gator's head that will kill the quarter-sized top... I mean, you shoot it with a bazooka, it's gonna blow up. I'm Jesus telling you, Christ. they've tried everything to kill this fucking <laughs> no, gator, and they can't kill it. Into the fucking... Well, I mean, you're saying it's unkillable, but I'm saying you <laughs> can kill it. I'm just saying they haven't gone far enough yet. <laughs> you shoot a bazooka at that fucker, it's done. <coughs> so, uh, South Korean politicians seek to criminalize semen terrorism. <coughs> Wait, what? South Korean politicians seek to criminalize semen terrorism. <coughs> okay. Elaborate on that. Uh, they're seeking to make amendments to existing laws in order to make uh, semen terrorism a punishable sex crime. Oh. And it, uh, it comes after a string of court controversial court verdicts <coughs> that have punished men who secretly ejaculated onto women's belongings for, quote, property damage and not for sexually criminal behavior. Just jacking off onto someone's belongings? Okay. Or just coming on shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, like, taking your prepared cum and, like, smearing it on stuff. Oh, my God. This literally That's reminds me, Kristen fucking watched a TikTok the other night of this this woman's husband. She was cleaning out from under the sink and she found a fucking jar. Oh, I did hear about yeah. yeah. Oh my god. He's what been we feeding watch? it to her. Did you hear that part? Yeah. <laughs> he she threw it out. He freaked out. And eventually she came to learn he was getting off on secretly feeding that the cum he, in that jar, which was over a year old. He would make her pancakes her. every morning. Yep, pancakes. And he would put a little bit of the cum from the jar underneath the sink into the pancakes. <laughs> and he was getting <laughs> off on that. Needless to say, they, they are not together anymore. Yeah, he was like, I just, I just love it when you eat it. You know, it's just like it just does it for me. And so I've been putting it in your pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? I don't know if I can eat this applesauce. He just ruined his appetite. Why? It's it's red. It's not white. I don't care. It's <laughs> did you get it from underneath the sink? <laughs> yeah, did you get it from underneath the sink? <laughs> we, was it in the Discord when we were looking at it of like people who have their like oh, the cum, cum stash? Yeah, the cum box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? In, we, did we do it in here or in the Discord? I don't know. I remember that though. Maybe like, both in here. I've read remember. that on Reddit or something it too. It must, if you all remember it, then it was. It must have been in here. That was foul. Or like yeah. that just rolls over and just comes onto the wall and just goes back to the sleep. <laughs> yeah. That was one. Just a build up. People were wild. The, uh, the guy that fucking come come on was it his shirt or his socks for for years and then wore them around? 
I don't remember which one that was. <laughs> now imagine what the Middle Ages was like. <laughs> Probably more sanitary because they didn't have shirts to spare for this kind of shit. But no, I still I think there were more people just coming on shit and just letting it go. <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't come on a perfectly good shirt in the Middle Ages. That's like that's like a fucking no shirts perfectly work. good. <laughs> All the shirts are bad. Oh my god! So uh, lenient court rulings and social and societal attitudes towards sex crimes in South Korea have come under increased criticism over the past few years in the light of the global Me Too movement. The act of secretly delivering or smearing semen onto someone else, also known locally as semen terrorism has now become a case in point with local activists highlighting the lack of adequate legal framework to punish what they consider clearly to be a sex crime. In 2019, a man who soaked a woman's shoes with semen was given a $500,000 wand fine or $435 in USD. That's not that much. I also like I jack off on whoever I want. Yeah. Soaked. How many days did it take him to build up that much? That's a whole cum jar right there. Yeah. That's, that's, Maybe cum jar per shoe. It might be like a shoe box jar. <laughs> Your shoe box cum. Put it in and just shake it yeah. up. I remember reading a fucking story on Reddit about somebody that had a, a cum box. You know? Shoe box like <laughs> With that. With fucking like stalactites. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was it. And he put the shoes in there. That's how, that's how he did it. <laughs> I'm so done with this. <laughs> Police said at the time the investigation was carried out, the charges of property damage because there was no legal provisions to apply sex crime charges. And it's like you're shooting your cum on someone. Yeah, right? that's probably a sex crime. Like the same year, a man was sentenced to three years in prison for quote attempted injury among other charges after spiking woman's coffees with laxative and aphrodisiacs as reject as a, a revenge for rejecting his love advances. Despite also adding his semen and phlegm to the mix. Into, Phlegm. into other items 54 times. What? The crime was not recognized as a sex crime because no forced sexual assault was established. Hmm. I can make you eat my cum and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> laxatives, aphrodisiacs, spit and cum into your coffee 54 times. Nope, not a sex crime. Apparently. In May of 2021, a male sober servant was sentenced to a fine of 3 million won or 2300 USD on charges of property damage for ejaculating inside his female colleague's coffee tumbler six times over the course of half a year. Why is this happening so much? The court judge's his actions uh, ruined the utility of the container. I, I would imagine. Yeah. I agree. You yeah. covered my coffee cup. I don't want my coffee cup anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the victim in the coffee tumbler case was sexually humiliated, but it was not considered a sex crime because it was not seen as involving direct physical contact. Bayaki Rune, a lawmaker of the ruling Democratic Party who is trying to change the law. By changing the perpetrator by charging the perpetrator with damage of property, his act was judged to have infringed on the utility of the tumbler. Has nothing to do with the person, it's all about the tumbler. It's fucking crazy. That's wild. Good old Korea. <laughs> I I don't get it. Nah, I don't get it either. I mean was that North Korea or South Korea? South Korea. We don't know what happens in North Korea. Correct. I saw a video of like someone who got some footage out, and there was like, because like basically like everyone's like basically like assigned jobs and stuff like that, and there's like not enough tools to like do work and stuff like that. Like there was like three people assigned to like dig and something, and one person had the shovel, and the two other people had a rope that were tied around to the base of the shovel, and they they were helping like pull with it, and it's <laughs> like that doesn't look effective at all. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, but it's like everyone's got to do something, or else the party comes down on you. 
That's funny. So, uh, a thief who scooped coins from a monkey enclosure pond is now at risk of herpes. Ah, uh, fair enough. Maybe you should. Oh, Damn it, Brad! Your cum cup. <laughs> Damn it, Mike! <laughs> now it is no good. Rip. I'm so hungry. <laughs> you want some of his appetizer? <laughs> cum cup? Yeah, I'm good. I just didn't eat breakfast. It's fucking almost noon. My stomach's over here going, brr. Yeah. At least it looks like most of it landed on the fucking the lid. Yeah. No stalactites for you. Good. That's good. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, that's a good thing. My fucking vacation hasn't started off good at all. My car died. I've gone fishing twice. I haven't caught a fucking thing. Damn. Obviously can't finish my applesauce. <laughs> hey, you can only go from here, right? Yeah. That's what you think. So <laughs> Tesla comes out on Brad's yeah, on his I'm gonna, knees. I'm gonna go go to fucking Spitz. He's gonna be driving to me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Tesla autopilot is gonna run right through me. You drop something on the road and be like going to pick it up. It's like, <laughs> obviously a child. <laughs> the car just speeds up. Speed bump. <laughs> Target acquired. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait in like 20 Excellent. years when you can get like machine guns on your Tesla. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we'll put that flamethrower in the fucking lights. No, that's illegal right now. His flamethrower? You can't have a flamethrower on a car as a... Well, as a, as a well, remember Musk made a, that like yeah, specific flamethrower that yeah. only goes like a foot or whatever? Yeah. There's, there, I, I remember reading stories about people trying to fucking put like a car alarm flamethrower on. That's illegal. Damn. Can't do that. <laughs> Batman. I wonder what well, the, it's okay for Batman. No. Like, it's an actual system. I wonder what the legality of, like, an oil trap is where you just, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I just lost all my oil. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> you made me ink. <laughs> <laughs> Little PA said, I'm having one. <laughs> it's a bad car. <laughs> Fix those potholes. <laughs> I hit a stick and it just fucking got all So this intruder who broke into a snow monkey enclosure to scoop coins from a pond could have unwittingly exposed themselves to potentially fatal herpes. Fatal? With what? authorities or- urging them to seek immediate medical attention. Because it's, it's monkey herpes. Yeah. It's not like people herpes. Uh, Tasmania city of Longcreston? Sure. Issued a press release on Wednesday following uh, the break-in at the city park monkey enclosure. The enclosure which houses a population of macaques, established as part of a sister city relationship with Aikida in Japan, is popular with tourists and locals who toss coins into the pond. And the mayor said the intruder caused damage to an electric fence and stole coins out of the surrounding mode. Unfortunately, this action has potentially exposed the intruder to the herpes B virus, which is carried by the city park monkeys. And the virus is not considered a risk to the monkeys and exhibits symptoms similar to that of cold sores in humans. However, it's potentially fatal to humans, with more than 30 known deaths recorded worldwide and only one confirmed case of human-to-human transmission. 
Uh, the mayor said the symptoms of viral infection include blistering, pain, and numbness near the infection point, flu-like symptoms including fever, muscle ache, headache, and fatigue, respiratory distress, encephalitis, and neurological dysfunction. Jesus. Offer some coins? Yeah. And apparently, the majority of macaques around the world carry this virus, and there, uh, there is signage in the enclosure saying that the monkeys on site are infected. Oh, so it's like koalas. Yeah. And they what about koalas? They carry syphilis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They carry koala syphilis. That, that, I yeah. don't know if I remember that or not. It's like 60 or 70% of all koalas carry syphilis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're going extinct anyway. Yeah, they're so. functionally extinct anywhere now, so. Okay. Australia caught on fire, and most, you know, when you specialize in only eating one thing, your species tends to not stay around very long. They've done a good job already, for now. No, they're functionally extinct now. But they're still around. For now. Yeah, for now. That's what I said. (laughs) Give it a couple years. That's what I said, for now. So we can talk about your alligator story now. (laughs) You spoiled Okay, yeah, I fucking spoiled it. Motherfucker spoil shit all the time on here. Room to fucking spoil. What do you want from me? So an alligator with knife and head. I paid found the goddamn s- bills around here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So the alligator with knife in his head found swimming in a Florida pond. Found swimming. I thought that was in a tree. No, no, no that's just in a pond swimming around. Yeah, I definitely oh, knew it was in a pond. Oh, I was fuck. just, I just, thought it was I was like just expecting the story to be like the fucking. Didn't we have that one where the guy went out and, like, smacked the one with a pan? It was the one where the guy thought it was just a dog with a really long leash in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. I thought you were just going to say that someone, like, went out and threw this thing and that's how they killed it. Yeah. And now this thing's just just swimming like this? Okay. Dude, gators are the ultimate form of evolution. They have basically not changed since the times of the dinosaurs. Yeah, but why can you put a fucking knife through its brain? Because so evolution! And its brain is, like, that big. And it's not very big at all. Fair enough. Uh, the alligator was recently euthanized. How did he miss it, though? I don't fucking know. <laughs> it still gets shot. Uh, it was found swimming in a Volusia County pond with a knife stuck in his head. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission said photos of the gator were posted to social media, prompting an investigation. And the social media post said several people spotted the gator in a pond behind a Subway restaurant off Doyle Road in Daytona. Uh, And the wildlife officers captured the alligator over the weekend and euthanized it because of his injuries, and it is unknown who stabbed the gator in the head. Somebody protecting his shit. Some sort of pond ninja. (laughs) Some pond ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Behind the Subway. Maybe if it was a throwing star. You imagine you like just get your subway sandwich, you walk out back, and there's just fucking gator swimming through the pond with a fucking giant ass knife out of his head. <laughs> you mentioned subway right there, and I forgot there's something that I wanted to mention on here about subway about their bread, and I can't remember what it is now. That it's like part foam or whatever. No, not that one. It's part foam. Yeah, it's like it's like the same like thing as like the couch stuffing or whatever. It was found that contained like a percentage of that. That was found at a store years ago. Just like Taco Bell has like a certain percentage of sawdust that's allowed in their meat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, the crocodile is called Gustav. Oh, Gustav the unkillable crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, he's got three bullet wounds. His right shoulder has like a bunch of scars on it. Like somebody fucking mm. took a sword to him, basically. Mm. Like I'm telling you, you toss a stick, you toss a stick of dynamite at him. You're probably gonna get him. <laughs> <laughs> You're not trying hard enough, people. He's apparently... He's never been captured, so they don't know exact, but he's apparently more than 18 feet and could weigh more than 2,000 pounds. Christ. 
He's an old gator then too. He's estimated to be around a hundred years old. However, do you know? Do normally gators don't get that big until they're about a hundred years old. However, Gustav had a full mouth of teeth, and if he were a hundred years old, he probably wouldn't have that many teeth. Hmm. So they're they're saying he's probably no more than sixty years old. He's just eating all. He's just fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, Gustav, Damn. the unkillable crocodile. I mean, they do like live pretty much until they like can't find food anymore. Yeah, they get too big and can't move, or get too big and can't catch their prey. And you know what? It does say that that um, Gustav, his uncommon size and weight would impede his ability to hunt their species' usual agile prey, forcing him to attack larger animals such as hippopotamus, wildebeest, and to some extent humans. Yeah, I was just say, <laughs> and how big? How big? Eighteen or something? Eighteen feet. Yeah, eighteen foot gear. That's gonna eat people all day, bro. <laughs> all like fucking day. A it's a crocodile. That's three times as big as a six foot tall person. Yeah, it's still and crocodiles still don't normally get to be eighteen feet. No, like like they said, that's nor- normally crocodile. reserved for get for crocodiles around a hundred years old. He probably like just demolish it. Like if he hit your leg with his fucking tail, your legs fucking yeah. yeah. demolish. The, uh, the the Wikipedia article here says he's reported to like be, half the weights in the fucking he's field. blamed for the deaths of more than three hundred people. I absolutely believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the question is why do so many people keep going near him? Yeah, because they want to try to catch or kill him. Well then, because he's become a myth. <laughs> Live by the gator, die, die by yeah, the gator. Exactly. <laughs> The peak of evolution right here, guys. Pretty much. So, is that your last news story? I think it, and I say I thought I heard you tell Brad that he ruined the last one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just don't stop. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Brad's like, you know what? My house, I can ruin the story. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> so, I guess let's move on. Talk about some Warcraft lore. There's no gators in Warcraft as far as... Well, no, there are. In, in World of Warcraft there are, but not okay. Warcraft 3. Yeah, definitely not in Northern. No, not in Northern. So, <coughs> I guess... Good, to, I won't ruin anything. To start the... Uh, <laughs> start off, you don't need to know too much about Arthas. Um, I don't know shit about shit. I don't know okay, about so... World of <laughs> well, yeah, we'll it's called World of Warcraft, yeah, not Minecraft, first off. <laughs> okay. We can start with general some general world building <coughs> here. So, uh, the planet, is, you know, is Azeroth. Azeroth has two continents. They have Kalimdor. In Kalimdor is kind of at the point where Arthas is still a paladin. Kalimdor is relatively unexplored. Um. I really, I'm literally drawing a blank on the other continent's name. Uh, but I want to say Durotar, but that's not no right. Durotar. That's in Kalimdor. Yeah, <laughs> um, what yeah. are you saying over there? <laughs> Let me just look this up real quick. Right there. Yeah, right there's Kalimdor. Okay, now show me the Eastern Kingdoms. Basically, that is the worst map I have ever fucking seen. <laughs> <laughs> Some child hand draw it. Oh, and that one just doesn't have names. That's beautiful. Wow. I can't, you know. Can't find a good can't map even on the Google internet. It. Nope. Let me just do this. There, that one. Yes. Load. <laughs> Come on. Load. I'm being let down by Google right now, and I don't know how to feel about that. 
Oh, it literally is the Eastern Kingdoms. Money. So, yeah, the Eastern Kingdoms and then Kalimdor. I, yeah, and I was right. Kalimdor, Kalimdor lies to the west of the Eastern Kingdoms. That's really all you need to know. I mean, it's in the name of the kingdoms. <laughs> but for the most part, Kalimdor is unexplored to the humans of, you know, Arthas's kingdom. Arthas is the prince of Lordaeron. Lordaeron being the kingdom. His father, the king, is at this point in time dealing with a lot of problems. Um, the kingdom in the north is having a plague spread. And Gotta in the south, that. there are riots. Um, at this point in time, humans are very, very racist. <laughs> <laughs> they do not like orcs. I mean, for kind of good reason. The the orcs have been at war with the humans for a long time, and who and started it? Technically, the orcs they came through the black or the dark portal, but that's a different. That's a war. <laughs> that, that that breaks into literal three wars. There are three wars with the orcs and demons, but. Um, yeah, you know, Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah. the, the orcs aren't the Fellowship the of the Ring, the Two Towers. The, the, come on, Brian, get with yeah. the program. Well, here. the orcs actually aren't from Azeroth. The orcs are from a different world. Middle Earth. Duh. Yeah, See? exactly. <laughs> this is how it all fucking it's fucking comes around, man. Yeah, like Mike said, they're they're the orcs aren't from this world. They were brought here um, for the po- literally to destroy Azeroth. That's why they were brought here. Um, they were tainted and they were tainted by the demon blood and just drove in, driven into a blood frenzy to the point where they just just murder everything. Yep, that's so, right. So that's right. The humans at the yep. end of the war they end up winning and, and you know they're kind of rebuilding, but they put all the orcs in like internment camps and keep them as slaves, like forced labor kind of deal. Whoa. However, one of the orcs a while back broke free and is kind of leading rebellions, kind of freeing his people. Um, his name would be Thrall, but Grimgor Ironhide. Yeah, exactly. Thrall's one of the the more notable characters that most people have heard of. Um, he's one of the he's been in all the games. He's a big story figure. Thrall's a pretty cool shaman, but so Thrall's leading orc rebellions basically, trying to freeze people. But there are also other bands of orcs that are separate from Thrall that are just raiding towns and taking people as sacrifices, trying to summon their demon gods. Some orcs want to go back to the old ways of when they were part of the Burning Legion trying to destroy the world. So, king, the king of Lordaeron here gets is in a big council meeting. So that's, this is how Warcraft 3 opens up. The king is sitting in his throne, and above him, standing on pedestals, are all of his... the the representatives for the kingdoms within his. Hmm. And, you know, they're all arguing, like, what to do, what to do. The kingdom's in chaos, there's a plague in the north. You know, the guy that's in charge of the north is like, we need to deal with this. This needs to be our top priority. And then, you know, they're arguing and saying, no, the orcs are rising in rebellions. We need to deal with them first. And in flies a crow. And it's really cool in the cinematic, you know, they're arguing. The king's sitting there with his, like this, literally looks like the most annoyed fucking person in the world on his throne. While his subjects are like... We're dying. Save us. And he's just like, fuck, I can't be bothered with this. And he just starts staring at this crow that flies into the room and just lands in the middle of the, you know, the meeting hall. 
And then eventually the crow starts to transform into a person. The king doesn't know it, but eventually we learn the person's name is Medivh, and he is the guardian of Lordaeron. He is per- he is charged with protecting Lordaeron from the Burning Legion. Mm-hmm. The Burning Legion is, you know, the name of Sargeras's army who is trying to destroy Azeroth. They're just the demons from the outer worlds basically. Now, Mediv flies in and everybody starts freaking out when he transforms like, "Who is this man? You know, get him out of here." And Mediv comes delivering a warning saying, the only way for you to save your people is to lead them to the west. Take them to the west, or you will basically all die, is what he says. And, you know, the king, being the smartest man ever, decides, screw Medivh, get him out of here, I will decide how to defend my people, not you. And they throw him out. So the king sends Arthas, his son to deal with some orc raids that have been taking place. Uh, Arthas, at this point in time, is a paladin of the Order of the Silver Hand. That is, you know, this city's basically elite paladins. In World of Warcraft lore, paladins, I mean, they kind of function like they do in D&D or a a lot of other fantasy. They're heavily armored, you know, they wield holy magic that can heal or hurt, and, you know, they just heavily armored smack things, <laughs> basically. Um, and something that I learned recently that's really cool about the way paladins work in this universe and the way their magic works, paladins believe in the light. The light is what gives them their strength and their power. The interesting thing about the light, unlike other stuff, like arcane magic which doesn't they don't know this but it's at some point in world of warcraft history we learn that arcane magic is native to azeroth because the planet itself is a titan so (laughs) that's why arcane magic exists here and not anywhere else because they're actually tapping into the power of the titan stuff like that so like a lot of Titan? titan is basically a god in this world and it's the planet yeah yeah, the Titans. The Titans can make other Titans, if I'm not mistaken, and Azeroth is a baby Titan. Basically, think of it like an egg. Okay. So one day it's just gonna crack. Uh, well, Sargeras stabbed it with a sword, Uh-oh. and the sword's like half the size of the planet, and it's still there. We never removed it. So yeah, that just was... keep it injured and keep it as a planet. For I, now. I mean, yeah. So uh, that happened in like the last expansion, actually. Um, but. But yeah, no, the light doesn't actually exist. <laughs> the light only works basically kind of like orcs from Warhammer. It works because they believe it works. Paladins have such a force of will and fervent belief that this light will protect them that it does. <laughs> they literally will the light into existence. <laughs> which I thought was really cool. It, yeah. It's it's kind of yeah. like, you know, like the Warhammer orcs where they, you know, this gun has bullets because I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> So it will keep firing, yeah. This ship made of, like, fucking tiny pieces of scrap metal can fly into space because I believe it can. Yeah. Like, paladins in World of Warcraft literally function because they believe it can. And Arthas is one of those people that is so strongly... that so strongly believes he is correct 
that he's actually a very powerful paladin because he he never falters in his belief that he's doing the right thing that he you know he's got one of those personalities where it's just a strong force of will which makes him a strong paladin so you're telling me when my shit was on cooldown when I was playing a paladin, it's just because my character didn't believe her? Yep. Your <laughs> character, like, God and, damn it. And actually, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, and I, you know what, maybe I won't say that because it, it technically, I believe her, no. what I was about to reference is literally the end of the story. <laughs> and then it continues, I mean, it continues without Arthas, it continues with Tyrion Fordring, the, the paladin that, you know, you go to Northrend with. Mm-hmm. Um continues with him so you know we'll save that but but yeah so arthas is dispatched to deal with these orc you know uprisings and eventually he arrives at a town near the northern borders of the kingdom and he he recruits some local militia and you know goes into the town when he gets there the orcs are raiding the town the town's on fire people are being slaughtered and he fights off most of the orcs, but a band of them gets away with... In the game, it's like four or five prisoners. So Arthas says, you know, don't worry, we're going to get your people back safe, I promise. And he heads out pursuing these orcs. When he pursues the orcs, he arrives at Uther Lightbringer, the Lightbringer's camp. Uther is basically the leader of the Silver Hand. You know, he's the highest-ranking paladin in the Order of the Silver Hand. Um, he had a big part to play in why the humans actually managed to fight off the orcs in the, in, you know, in the previous wars. So he's, like, a venerated, decorated paladin in terms of, like, everybody's, like, you respect Uther. You know, like, he is the top of the top. He's what every paladin should strive to be. And he's very strong, too. Unfortunately, his name is Uther. Yeah. So, and we at this, at this point, we learn that, you know, while Arthas is in the Order of the Silver Hands, he's not a fully-fledged paladin yet. But Uther is actually his mentor. So Uther has been training Arthas in the ways of becoming a paladin. And, you know, you kind of see this. When he gets to the camp, he, he chats with Uther... And this is the first hint. I never realized this in the story when I was playing it, but replaying it last night, the very first time you realize Arthas might not be the best paladin is when he gets to this camp and he ta- he tells Uther, like, you know, these orcs got away with some prisoners. And Uther's like, okay, we need to save them. And Arthas says, you know, I'm going to slaughter all these orcs. Mm-hmm. He's like, I will kill all of these orcs. And Uther like kind of says whoa hold up there <laughs> and he's like if paladins can't take vengeance if we take if we let vengeance into our hearts we're no better than these orcs so uther's saying yes like you need to fight these orcs but you can't become these orcs basically yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to go full on anakin yeah younglings yeah exactly <laughs> hey and I realize maybe he does. that's <laughs> maybe he fucking does. That's like the first peek into Arthas's psyche that we get. That he is willing, you know, he is very extreme. Like, you know, he's got one of those personalities. He's you wrong him, he's gonna he's gonna come after you. Yeah, you could kill all you. So eventually Arthas, you know, again, it's an RTS, the game, right now, so he raises an army, you build a base, raise an army. 
and then you, he goes and he you takes know. out. Yeah, it's an RTS. That's that how this works. As you do. He takes some men and he goes Real and he, he hunts down the, these orcs. Unfortunately, he does not manage to save these people. The orcs succeed in sacrificing these people before Arthas can kill them. However, Arthas does slaughter all the orcs after they sacrifice. The I like people. a man who just, you know, sticks to his plan. Yeah, no, he does. He, he actually takes revenge on all these orcs. Fuck you, Uther. I'm killing him. And he does. He goes back to Uther and he says, and he tells him, he's like, I failed. You know, all these people were sacrificed. I think they were trying to summon demons. And Uther says, boy, the demons that these orcs worship were vanquished long ago. They're worshiping dead gods at this point. And that's kind of where Uther and... Arthas split for now. Arthas goes on to continue north uh, to investigate. Actually, at this point, the story splits to Jaina Proudmore, who's a mage of the Kirin Tor. We don't need to get into her, but so is a mage. Her, her and Arthas pair up. They they're going north. Like no. Pair up or no. pair up? Yeah, like pair up. Oh. They they go north to investigate the magical plague that. You know they were worried about in the king's domain. Wouldn't have been my first place to go. Fuck that. Well, he's a paladin. He's designed to do that. He's got like cure disease and shit. He'll be alright. And is accompanying him because the Kirin Tor, which (coughs) is basically the order of mages in this world, the Kirin Tor think the plague might have something magical in nature to do. You know, those are the worst ones. Yeah. So the the Kieran Tor are interested in getting to the bottom of this. Arthas is obviously trying to protect his people, his land. Um, so he's interesting. So they eventually, you know, they they meet up and start investigating this. Well, as they they travel north, they eventually accompany or they eventually reach a town. And within this town, they find a silo, a silo of grain, and the the area around the silo is just dead. Dead grass, dead trees, just everything in that area just looks dead. And they come to the conclusion that the grain might be what's causing the plague. And they realize that all the grain that is marked in the crates next to the silo bears the regional seal of Anderhall which is basically this company's grain distribution city. So if the grain from Anderhall was tainted, there's no telling how many cities have been infected. And while they're researching this, they run into a wizard dressed in all black, wielding basically, it, it looks like a big staff with a dragon skull at the top. Can't be good. No. <laughs> uh, and Jaina immediately kind of recognizes him as a necromancer. So Definitely not good. He, Reduce, reuse, recycle. Exactly. <laughs> he tells, you know, they, they kind of meet at this granary, and, you know, the necromancer says, there's nothing you can do to stop this. If you pursue this, you will only meet your demise. You have been warned. And then he leaves, saying, I have other matters to attend to. Bye. Well, fuck you, guy. Arthas and Jaina give him chase, and eventually they run into a bunch of undead. The land has been beginning to be plagued by skeletons and ghouls and abominations. So they fight their way through there, and eventually 
they meet up with this necromancer who introduces himself as Kel'Thuzad. And they kill him. They kill him, but, you know, as he's dying, as all great villains do, he gives a monologue <laughs> while he's at one health. Yeah. And says, you know, basically he goes, you're too late to stop me. It's, it's what's been put in motion is set. My death will mean nothing. And then he dies. Evil cackles. Yeah. <laughs> so ba- after that, Arthas and you know Jaina go north further. They destroy all the silos in the area, you know, all that plagued grain, and then they go north. And eventually, Arthas ends up at a town that is being besieged by the undead. He he gets into town, and the captain of the guard comes up to him and says. Oh, good, Arthas, you're here. You know, we've been... The last couple nights have been crazy. We've been beset by the undead. And he's... And Arthas kind of notices that there's a bunch of militia training in the background and says, How, you know, how long has this been going on? And he kind of looks over and he says, What was in those crates? He notices a bunch of open crates sitting next to a granary. And he says, oh, don't worry, that's just the grain shipment from Anderhall. We've been, we've distributed already to the population. You fucked. And then at that point, Arthas kind of comes to the realization, he says, this plague wasn't simply meant to kill my people. It was meant to turn them into the undead. And right about that time, undead zombies start kind of coming out of the houses of the peasants. So Arthas tells Jaina to go get Uther and his knights because, you know, this city's been under siege. Now there's zombies inside of it, too. The population's turning. He knows he needs backup. He can't deal with this situation on his own. So Arthas stays behind and sends Jaina to go get Uther and bring his knights, and Arthas defends the city. He does successfully manage to repel the undead in the city. It starts looking really grim. The numbers of the undead keep increasing as Arthas, as every one of Arthas's units falls, you know, the undead rise. So, it, it gets to the point where Pesky it's... necromancy. Exactly. Reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> it gets to the point where Arthas is just about to be overrun when Uther's Knights of the Silver Hand arrive, and they turn the tide of the fight. They pulled a Gandalf. Exactly. And at, at this point, Arthas is really, really pissed. He's like, I need to defend my people... This grain is going to cause a plague of undead. We need to stop this. So he sets out to find, you know, who's behind this, basically. You know, other than Kel'Thuzad. He, he doesn't know exactly what's going on. So he, again, keeps traveling north and eventually arrives to the city of Stratholm. Stratholm, if Mike remembers, is a fun turning point in Arthas's <laughs> character. You know, at this point, everything he said has been pretty... I mean, it's been a little morally gray, but it hasn't been outright crazy. You can see where he's coming from. He's trying to defend his people, his land. He arrives at the city of Stratholm and sees just Anderhall grain crates everywhere. And these other towns he's been in have been just that, towns, like a couple hundred people. I mean, we're back in the Middle Ages, so population's not crazy, but so it's been like a couple hundred people. Stratholm is a literal city. It is a big populated city. So seeing all that grain, Arthas, in his mind, and he says this, he says, all oh, this grain's been distributed to the townsfolk already. It's, it's too late. He orders Uther to purge the city of Stratholm. 
which does not go over well with Uther. I mean, you can tell just by Uther's character, he's not going to kill citizens. He's going to try to find another way. Arthas then strips Uther of his knights and his title and kicks him out of the Silver Hand by his right of succession of the throne. After Uther spits in his face, basically saying, even if you were my king, I wouldn't follow that order. And at this point, Jaina also leaves Arthas. Jaina and Arthas have been childhood friends. They've been through this adventure together, just on you know learning the whole plague aspect that's happening, and she still won't stick with him through this purging. She doesn't want to see him do this. So basically what happens in this mission is Arthas goes into this city and just slaughters the town folks. That's what he does. He just goes <laughs> Not just the men, but the women and the children too. Yeah. I ain't biased. I don't give a fuck. Especially all the zombies. Yeah. He, he purges it. He, I'll, kill, I'll kill the kids twice. <laughs> Raise them back up. You yeah. bring them back, I'll kill them a third time. Set them up by knock bro. down. <laughs> This fucking sword can take a lot. Bring him back, baby. <laughs> Fuck you and your kids. Yeah, and he, he does. He goes in, he purges the city, and within the city, he finds a dreadlord, which basically look like big vampiric beings. They have big bat wings, they have the horns, and they do have the vampire It's tanks. a bat squatch. Yeah. Uh, his He finds a dreadlord in the city trying to basically take the undead and form them into an army, bring them to his army. The dreadlord's name is Malganus. When Arthas enters the city and he starts purging, he basically is on a race against time. He needs to kill more people than Malganus can take, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, try to cut off the, the army, you know. And he does kind of succeed in doing that. He kills most of the townsfolk before Malganus lets them rise. And Malganus then fights Arthas, but as he's losing, he does manage to retreat. And as he's retreating, he tells Arthas, this is not the last time we will meet. I will see you again in the frigid wastes of Northrend. And then then he gets out of there. Bitch. Arthas, I mean, you've seen this. He's he wants revenge. He wants to put an end to Malganus. So, in his zeal, Arthas takes troops, takes ships, and sails to Northrend. Northrend's basically like the North Pole of Azeroth. Uh, I mean, it's a cold, frigid wasteland. Not much vegetation grows there. It's you know, it, it's a pretty harsh place. And when he gets to Northrend. He unloads his troops, unloads his men, or he unloads his troops from the ships and starts setting up a base camp. He gets attacked by, you know, the beasts in Northrend. The undead are attacking him as well, kind of harrying him. And eventually, another ship arrives that Arthas didn't know about. Um, and off, off the ship boards one of the captains of the the Lordaeron army. And the the captain comes up and says, Arthas, by order of the king, you are to return to Lordaeron. Um, By order of the king and Uther. Uh, And basically, they want him to come back and explain what the hell he did in Stratholm. I mean, he just slaughtered people. So, Arthas, you know, all of his men start packing stuff up. They're like, okay, we gotta leave, like... Got to pack this up. So they start packing stuff up. Arthas behind their back 
goes out and makes his way around from, you know, he leaves the camp, goes north, and swings back in a wide circle. He picks up a lot of mercenaries in Northrend, fights through all the beasts and the dangers of Northrend, and comes around the back and has his mercenaries destroy his own ships so that now he is stranded. And then, to top that all off, the mercenaries he hired were, like, bestial people, so, like, ogres, trolls, stuff like that. When they notice the ships have been destroyed, Arthas tells all of his men, these monsters have destroyed our ships. Mm-hmm. Kill them. So he literally betrays the mercenaries that he hired. He's Palpatine in it. Yeah. He's just doing and both. has his men kill his mercenaries as well. And then he's like, oh, too bad. We're stuck here. Those were the only ships. We might as well go do what we came to do. Did our ships get broken? Oops. <laughs> yeah, so he he does. He leads his men further into Northrend. And eventually he meets up with, with another group of, not humans, but dwarves. And this dwarven expedition is led by Muradin Bronzebeard. Now, Muradin and Arthas do go back a little bit. They do know each other. And Muradin's been missing for quite some time. Um, Found him. Yeah. He was sent on an expedition into Northrend to find an artifact. And Arthas, you know, hears Muradin out and kind of says, that artifact sounds like it would be useful in slaying Malganus. We should seek it out. So... Arthas and Muradin trudge further into the heart of Northrend and eventually end up at a shrine or an altar. And there's also always a shrine. Yes, there is. It's not a good story if there's no shrine. And it's also not a good story if this next part doesn't happen. It happens every time. So at this shrine, there's an inscription written in Dwarvish. And Muradin reads it, and it says... He who takes up this sword shall be forever cursed. And on this altar, there's a block of ice with a floating sword inside. And I was just like, I gotta get that. Literally, that's what he says. He <laughs> says, for my people, I will bear any curse. And he, mm. he takes up the sword. Well, while this sword, you know, when he takes up the sword, the block of ice shatters. And a, a big chunk of ice flies into Muradin Bronzebeard, and Arthas believes him dead. So Arthas says, basically, too bad. That sucks. And he leaves. He just leaves Muradin there. Which is like, he's a paladin. He can, like... At this point, Arthas is so driven by his vengeance for Malganus, he doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, he just... He, he's a paladin. He literally hired mercenaries and then betrayed them. That's not very paladin-like. Grr. Arg. Yeah, like at this point, Arthas is just driven by vengeance. He want he needs to kill Malganus, but at this whole time, he's he's been writing it off as you know, like he said, I will gladly bear any curse to save my people. Like he's still, he's in the right idea. He's just going about it wrong, basically, you know. So Arthas takes this sword and then leads his men to victory against Malganus. However, at this point, when, you know, Arthas finally meets at Malganus, they have this big fight, and at the very last second, um, Arthas basically says, I finally got you, Dreadlord. And the Dreadlord kind of retorts and saying, 
you did exactly what I wanted you to. The plan is all going smoothly. And then Arthas kills Malganus. And from there, the game kind of cuts over to the orcs, you know, because the orcs are over in Kalimdor doing their thing. It's assumed a couple of months, maybe a year or so go by while they're doing their stuff. And then you come back to the next part of the campaign where you get another cinematic of Arthas. And you see the big gates of Lord Aron's capital city open. They fly open. And you see Arthas march in in this big cloak. He's his armor has changed. Now it's it's badass looking. I mean, like it's the greaves look like a rib cage around hmm. his shins. His uh, knee pat or knee plates are fucking cool looking skulls. Like his armor's decked out. He looks like a badass now, and he's carrying the sword, Frostmourne. And he strolls, you know, the gates fly open, you see the flowers coming down, everybody's celebrating the return <laughs> of the prince. And the very first thing Arthas does is walk into the throne room in his father of his father and put his sword through his father's heart. Yep. Yep. And then I'm he, the king now. And then he sacks the city and turns everybody into the undead. So at at that point, Arthas is no longer a paladin. He's become one of the one of a, the death knights. Ooh, a death knight. And you kind of learn that Arthas is being guided by the spirit of Kelthazad at this point. So they killed him, but his spirit stayed around and now that Arthas is a death knight, he can guide Kelthazad can guide Arthas through his path. The sword we come to learn the sword Frostmourne has corrupted Arthas's mind and basically taken control. Oh no. So Arthas the only reason Arthas came back to Lordaeron at this point was to resurrect Kelthazad. During That's a cool name by the way, Kelthazad. Yeah. Fucking sweet. During during all of this Arthas slays Uther as well. And the Knights of the Silver Hand have taken Uther's body and cremated him and they keep his ashes inside of a holy urn. Arthas's first objective, being back in Lordaeron, is to get that urn, because they need it to resurrect Kelthazad. So Arthas basically lays siege to the Knights of the Silver Hand. He takes them out, and then he takes the urn. I mean, it's a hard-fought, you know, it's a hard-fought victory. But undead just they just keep coming. A paladin's, you know, they're good at fighting the undead, but Arthas is just really powerful at this point. Frostmourne is... It is a cursed blade, but it's still incredibly powerful. So, Arthas gets this urn, and then Kel'Thuzad says, you need to go even further north to the land of the elves. There, they have a magical sunwell, which has great power. So, Arthas, you know, leads his undead north, uh, raiding as he goes, and eventually enters the lands of the elves where he needs to first obtain three keys to get into the the land the it's kind of stereotypical elves where they you know they live in heavily forested areas their cities kind of are one with nature kind of deal so the only way to get into their lands is by opening a gate the forest is too thick arthas won't really be able to move his troops through the forest to get to the city with enough troops to siege it if he doesn't open the gates 
the gates can only be opened by obtaining three keys, which are held by the elves. So Arthas goes about sieging the elven cities in you know the outlying towns and fights Sylvanus Windrunner, who is leading the defense against Arthas. And at this point, Arthas, it is, it's, you know, she's doing hit and run tactics. His, his army's taking okay casualties. Like, she's doing a pretty good job. But Arthas is just too powerful. And eventually he catches up with Sylvanas and he kills her. And out of spite, he resurrects her as one of the undead, bound to his will. Damn. That is one of the things Frostmourne does. It lets him, Frostmourne can take the souls of those it slays and resurrect them as undead under Arthas's control. So that's, he does that, and Sylvanas can still remember who she was, but she's under his control. So she has to slaughter her own kin while under his control, while knowing full well she's doing it. So it, it basically, Arthas is, he's so mad at her for stopping him for as long as she did that he puts her in eternal hell, for, or what he thinks is, you know? So he gets the key from Sylvanas and opens the gate which leads to Silvermoon City. Now, Silvermoon has the Sunwell in it, and, you know, he pushes past and eventually arrives at the city itself and starts laying siege. The, the elves put up a lot of fight. It takes... I mean, and even in World of Warcraft, you can see the, the dead scar is just a land... A piece, a strip of land, the entire island that the elves live on, it's just dead. It won't, nothing will grow there. There's undead that spawn there, and it's just dead. So Arthas literally scorched earths his way through the elven lands, you know, killing and slaughtering everything and just making a mess as he's going. And then he ends up at the city. And they, again, put up... Elves put up a heck of a fight, but eventually Arthas does get to the well. And he throws Kel'Thuzad... He throws the ashes of Uther into the well, and he resurrects Kel'Thuzad using that power. Now, Kel'Thuzad was resurrected with the Holy Urn that, you know, contained Uther's ashes. It gave him a big power boost. So now, instead of just being a necromancer, he is a lich. I mean, like, he looks really cool. He's just a giant floating skeleton with really cool-looking, like, cloth armor flowing. And he doesn't even have feet. It's just, like, mm. cold air at the bottom of him. Like, it's ice. I, the liches in World of Warcraft are really powerful, and I think they look really cool, too, but... Does he become the Lich King? No, that is Arthas. Technically. <laughs> I mean, he's he is Kel'Thuzad's king. And, he, and Kel'Thuzad does refer to him through this whole game as, like, you know, my liege and stuff like that. So Arthas has basically been commanding all this. And now that Kel'Thuzad is resurrected, it's kind of revealed that the undead, this whole plot has been orchestrated by the Burning Legion. <laughs> the demons are trying to get back into this world because kind of like in a lot of other mythology, demons can't just appear in this world. They need to be summoned or they need to be, you know, a gate opened. So the demons put this plan in motion to, you know, free Frostmourne, get the Lich King kind of going so that he can resurrect Kel'Thuzad and summon the demons into this world. 
because Kel'Thuzad was not powerful enough before. But now that he's been resurrected using this ritual, his powers are just insanely <laughs> off the charts. So Kel'Thuzad goes about putting together this ritual to summon Archimon. And Archimon is basically the the way the Burning Legion kind of rolls is at the top is Sargeras. He's a, he's a corrupted titan. Uh, so he's basically a corrupted god. And then below him, he has his generals, Archimon and Kil'jaeden. Those are the, the big bad guys, the, the top dogs of the, of the Burning Legion. And eventually, after a lot of struggle, Arthas does manage to pull it off and help Kel'Thuzad summon Archimon into this world. From there, the Night Elves and Archimon duke it out, and, you know, Archimon blows up a tree and dies. So, <laughs> we we end up coming back during that whole thing where Archimon was distracted with, you know, trying to end Azeroth. Arthas and Kel'Thuzad had their own side plot to betray the Burning Legion. So the Burning Legion was using the Scourge, which is basically what the Undead are called, as, you know, a tool of war. They were using them to send their plans out. Well, when they did this, the Scourge were a little bit had a little bit more free will than the Burning Legion thought. So the Scourge ended up concocting a plan. And basically, you come to learn that Frostmourne is just an extension of the Lich King himself. The Lich King is actually a spirit that resides in a set of armor held in Northrend in the Frozen Throne, encased in ice. The Lich King is trapped, bound to serve the Burning Legion unless he could be freed. Kel'Thuzad wants Arthas to free the Lich King and put on the armor and become the Lich King. So, while Archimonde's dealing with the Night Elves and, you know, trying to put his plan in motion... Arthas and Kel'Thuzad kind of sneak off and put their plan into motion of trying to get to Northrend, trying to, you know, free the Lich King. So Archimond is eventually defeated. And after he's defeated, Arthas kind of puts his plan into motion. And at this point, Arthas is kind of still scourging Lordaeron. He's, you know, going around killing everything, raising it, turning it into basically capital for the undead. But he doesn't realize that with with kill or with Archimon's defeat, the Lich King's powers are weakening. Arthas is slowly losing control of his undead, and he doesn't realize this until it's just about too late. Sylvanas Windrunner manages to break free from his his grasp, and she plans with the Dreadlords. She puts a plan into motion to kill Arthas. She concocts a special poison that will slay him. And she does almost succeed. She hits him with the arrow, but Kel'Thuzad managed manages to, you know, push Sylvanas back, get Arthas out of there, and then hold her back while Arthas goes to Northrend by himself to free the Lich King. And it's there where Arthas meets with an older race that lives in Northrend, the Nerubians. He meets one of their one of their more prominent people, and this is a race of spider people, basically. I mean, think like 
centaur but with spider <laughs> so not a human torso but it's like a spider human torso so slightly terrifying yeah, yeah slightly terrifying and then a nubarak is like a beetle version of this so instead of like the spider buddy's got a big beetle like shell on the back and then is he looks really fucking cool can they fly too not in the game but it would but i think in the in world of warcraft they probably could but they never do so anubarak is one of the dead nerubians in you know in northrend the nerubians don't actually serve the lich king but they have been killed and raised and nubarak's one of the strongest undead nerubians Arthas meets up with him, and Anubarak says, yes, of course, I'll take you to our master to, you know, free him while he's weakening. Um, to do this, he says, we'll have to travel underground through the ancient Nerubian cities. When they get down there, they meet up with face the Faceless. The Faceless are basically remnants of the old gods. On Azeroth, there are four old gods that we know of, uh, and basically they ruled before the humans did. So it was it was kind of like in Total War Warhammer lore, where before you had all these races running around building cities, it was just chaos and primal, like big primal beasts ruled the land. Well, the old gods were the biggest and baddest of them all. They literally drove people insane just by looking at them. Uh, a lot of the old gods are based off of Lovecraftian, uh, books and whatnot, so the lore behind them is really cool, and fighting them is always really cool as well. But eventually, they run into the faceless, and a Nubrak basically says, "These tunnels aren't safe. We need to get out of here. These faceless will destroy us if we don't." So they they push through the underground tunnels and come up in Ice Crown, where they're not too far away from the Lich King anymore, but they're not, you know, right there. And at this point, they realize, you know, this whole point, this whole time, the Lich King's power has been weakening because Kill Jaden, the other one of Sargeras's generals, contracted a night elf named Illidan Stormrage to destroy Northrend. He wanted Illidan to destroy the Frozen Throne to end the Lich King. So Illidan took this powerful artifact from the tomb of Sargeras and used it to perform a ritual to destroy the polar cap. But his brother stopped Illidan from destroying Northrend like that, so Illidan had to travel to Northrend to deal with the Lich King personally. So as Arthas comes out of the tunnels of Azrael Nerub to... Ice Crown Citadel, where the Lich King is awaiting his champion to get there. Illidan also arrives at the same time. And Illidan, throughout these games, is another one of the main characters uh, on the Night Elf side that it'll follow. Uh, he's probably my favorite lore character, actually. Illidan, I love Illidan. He's got a crazy background. I think he looks, he's got one of the coolest looks. Um, Arthas is probably my second, but. Illidan and Arthas end up fighting. They, you know, they duke it out. Uh, there are two armies that they manage to raise, clash at the frozen throne of Northrend, and eventually uh, Illidan is defeated. Arthas strikes Illidan down and leaves him for dead in the snow. 
the snowy caps of Northrend. And from there, Arthas ascends the frozen throne. He breaks the, the Lich King out of his tomb, out of his frozen tomb, and dons the helmet, the helm of domination, and truly becomes the Lich King. And that's where Warcraft 3 The Frozen Throne ends. And that's where World of Warcraft, you know, um, Wrath of the Lich King expansion begins. So in World of Warcraft, at this point, the the heroes, us, whoever the player is, has, you know, we've conquered uh, the threats on Azeroth for now, um, which did involve one of the old gods. We have conquered Outlands, which is where the orcs, the home of the orcs is, and that's where Illidan Stormrage ends up after all this. He ends up in the Outlands, and we go there. We put a stop to his plans because... Yet again, um, the the elves are trying to summon Kill Jaden into the world, which would end Azeroth. So we stop them there. And then from Outlands, we come back and we realize Arthas is launching a full-on assault on Kalimdor in the Eastern Kingdoms. He is He's basically finally declared war upon the rest of the world after being dormant in the Frozen Throne for a couple of years while he kind of remustered his forces. So the, the expansion opens up with you know the player going to Northrend. You know we need to we need to stop Arthas. We need to take him down finally. And to do this, uh, another notable character comes with us, Lord Tyrion Fordring. Tyrion is I don't know about in lore, but it it it's very heavily hinted that he is stronger a, a stronger paladin than Uther the Lightbringer was. Um, he is just kind of, honestly, now that I think back, Tyrion kind of reminds me a little bit of Arthas and the fact that Tyrion's one goal in life is to kill Arthas. Tyrion is kind of, kind of has those vengeance vibes that Arthas did of like, I'm going to follow you to the ends of the earth to kill you, Arthas. Like I'm going to get you. And... At this point, you know, the players kind of quest through. Some of the zones don't have to deal with Arthas, but some of them do. And in the ones you do, you kind of get a glimpse of what he's been doing all these years and kind of how he... A couple other things about how he became the Lich King. And one of the more notable quests you do in Northrend shows you some of Arthas's past. You know, when he... It actually does reference the level where he leaves his men and goes out and hires the mercenaries and burns his boat. When he came back from all that, at some point not too long after that, when he had gotten Frostmourne, he slaughtered all of his men that he brought to Northrend and raised them as ghouls. However, while he was doing that, Arthas realized there was one thing stopping him. There was one thing still holding him back from being completely becoming the Lich King. And he realizes it's because he has his heart. Arthas still has a heart. The good part of Arthas, the paladin part of Arthas, is still in the Lich King fighting. So what does he do? He literally rips his heart out Mm -hmm. and hides it. The the Lich King is just all-powerful, and, I mean, he's the master of undead, so it kind of doesn't surprise me that he can live without a heart, but... He does. He literally rips his heart out. And in this quest chain, the player does find his heart. Um, and Tyrion Fordring actually destroys it. Because when you you end up tracking, you know, kind of infiltrating the Cult of the Damned, 
which is the cult for Arthas, and you kind of eventually do track your way to the heart, but at the last second you're exposed, and Arthas shows up, you know, the Lich King. And there's no way that you and Tyrion are getting out of there by yourselves with Arthas there. So Tyrion just destroys Arthas's heart in front of him, like literally shatters it. <laughs> and that weakens Arthas enough for you guys to kind of get out of there. And a lot of people speculate that Arthas would have won had we not destroyed his heart at the end. So after this event takes place, you know, you Arthas continues kind of bullying everybody. You know, every now and then in the zones, you'll see him show up and kind of foil your plans. You know, the Horde and the Alliance launch a combined assault against him at the Wrath Gate. And the Forsaken kind of muck that up. They launch poison gas, and Arthas escapes after that gas has kind of choked all of the Alliance and Horde soldiers. And you just kind of, you know, through the whole expansion, you just kind of see little bits and pieces of Arthas as he kind of shows up places, fuck shit up, and then kind of disappears for a little bit while he's still working on his master plan. And eventually it becomes, it comes to the point where we're ready. The adventurers are ready. The Horde and the Alliance are going to launch an assault on Ice Crown Citadel, which is Arthas's main base. Ice Crown Citadel. And that was a really, really fun raid. I actually did that back in the day, and the bosses were really cool. They are all incredibly like cool-looking undead. They were pretty tough. Um, I never actually killed the Lich King back in the day, but... I'm gonna do it when the new when the new expansion comes out again. <laughs> but well, make up for lost time. Exactly. I still haven't killed Sabathun. It's okay. Fair enough. But so you know, we fight our way through Ice Crown Citadel, take casualties along the way. It's it's a slog, and eventually the Alliance or the Horde, whichever one you're playing, end up at the top, at the very top of Ice Crown Citadel, and Arthas is on his throne with Frostmourne. And after a really, really long fight, I mean, he, you know, you get up to the top, Tyrion Fordring standing there, and him and Arthas kind of have a monologue, you know, about how Tyrion's going to end him, and Arthas just says, sit tight, Tyrion, and he freezes him in a block of ice, like a straight-up block of ice. Tyrion can't move. And he says, watch, you have delivered my ultimate weapon to me. You have delivered these champions that have bested all of my generals. They have bested every challenge that Outlands and Kalimdor can throw at them. And they have come out on top. These will be my champions. You have brought me your own doom. And you fight Arthas. And technically the way to win this fight is by dying. At the very end of the fight, after you know the heroes have pushed Arthas to his limit, uh, he kills them. He kills them all. He casts a spell and you die. And then he begins resurrecting you as the undead, as his champions. And it's at this point where Tyrion Fordring says, Light, grant me one final blessing. Get, grant me the power to break these bonds. And he, it does. The light comes through because, like we said, the light is their own will manifest. If Tyrion believes hard enough that he can break free of this bond, he's, he can. And he shatters the ice prison that Arthas has put him in. And he, you know, Arthas has his back to Tyrion. He doesn't realize this has happened. And Tyrion hits him from behind and shatters Frostmourne. He cuts Frostmourne in half using the Ashbringer. And at this point, 
you know, the heroes, Arthas and the heroes have been in combat for, like, ever. You know, Arthas is pushed to his limit, and it's a sneak attack. Tyrion takes him down. The, the Frostborn has been shattered. Arthas's curse is somewhat lifted. And then you get this really cool cinematic of, you know... Arthas lying there on the ground taking his last breath and you see this big vortex of spirits open up above him and his father comes down and Arthas kind of says father is is it finally over and then passes on and at what do you that me dickhead you're a dickhead the whole time how are you going to be like that the good part of Arthas was still trapped inside of himself he still had a good side it's just the well, lifting I didn't was too powerful. Well, I did find some shitty time to start bringing him out, man. Like, what Until the fuck? Until everyone he murdered. Yeah. yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And Better he, late than never. He does. He's like, Father, no. I, I, see only, no. I see only darkness. Is it finally over? And then, you know, he passes on. That's some... And no. <laughs> at that point, it's... The heroes do kind of realize that, yes, Arthas might be dead... But the Lich King is still alive. The The Helm of Domination is the Lich King, not Arthas itself. And they, they kind of say, without a Lich King controlling them, the undead are going to go rampant and destroy the world. They realize the reason that they had time to fight Illidan and they had time to fight the threats on Kalimdor and Azeroth is because the good side of Arthas kept the, the Scourge contained in Northrend. He kept the scourge in checked long enough for the heroes to arrive and kind of save the day. So that good side of Arthas was always in there. It was just kind of overridden, you know, in the long run. What he could only last so long. What a dick. I, I, I love that. fucking dick. I love that story. Arthas, I think that whole story... And from there, they they basically choose a new Lich King, a paladin that is powerful enough to Hey, you know it's a good them. way to keep the undead from killing all the friends? Don't fucking make them in the first place. <laughs> but it's gonna happen. That's the thing, is there's always the cult of the damned. They can make undead too. It doesn't have to be Arthas. Yeah, we'll They're gonna him. be there. They're yeah, gonna happen. We'll fuck him. So, <laughs> Arthas managed to keep the undead in check long enough for everything to kind of turn out, like, okay. I, I don't know, I... I've always loved this story. The game was really cool. The ending of the story was awesome in Lich King. I, I just thought Arthas's arc from rise, you know, rise to the Paladin ranks to fall to Death Knight to rise again as the Lich King. Like it was just, it was a really cool story to go Bastard. through in the games. And you know, like I said, that's kind of what I remember. And like I said, I kind of started playing the game again. <laughs> but those are the, those are definitely the high points. And I know. At least 90% of that is canon and correct. Uh, some of it got rewritten in the Shadowlands, but I don't count Shadowlands lore. It's stupid. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> it is. Shadowlands literally rewrote the lore of every single expansion and game previous. Why? Because instead of all of this being like Arthas and the Lich King's plan and the Dreadlords were manipulating, it was all the Jailer's plan. Exactly. No one knew about the Jailer. He's apparently higher than the Titans, which the Titans were believed to be the most powerful beings in the universe. That They made the planets. They made everything. The Titans made everything. But the Jailer's older and more powerful than the Titans. Someone mad uh, they, the Titans. But there's never... There's always been whispers of the Titans. There's been whispers of the old gods. We knew they probably existed. We just didn't have proof. There's never been a single fucking mention of the, of the Jailer. 
or his race. It, 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 it was yeah. Shadowlands just literally rewrote the lore of everything. They fuck you, Shadowlands. <laughs> and then and then like thought it would be okay, and I was like, no. But Seth said no. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Arthas was being controlled by the jailer the whole time, and not the like. It was it was just I didn't like it. But but Seems a little sus if me. you if you don't take the retcon of the lore into account, then I think the I think Arthas's story is awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of death. A lot <laughs> well, of I mean, it is, it is the undead oh, portion of the campaign. I guess you're going to have one dead then. Yeah. <laughs> going to have some people die. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, that's about all I got for at least, uh... Like I said, at least headcanon that I, that I remember from playing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Just that. I mean, Just there is more. <laughs> There's more that, you know, you could go over. Um, that does show, like... This is something that was cool in World of Warcraft that kind of also shows that the good part of Arthas has always been in <laughs> He's really trying to hit this home uh, with me. He's like, he's a good guy, when, deep down. When Arthas went back to um, Lordaeron and after he killed his dad, he he resurrected <laughs> he resurrected his horse that he he's had as a child. Everybody he's killed and his dad. Yeah. So he's he's trying to justify turned his whole him into undead, but he saved the horse. Yeah. He saved the he, horse. He did. He resurrected his old horse. Um Was it a zombie horse or yes. was it Well yeah, it's a dead he can't resurrect it. Actually, yeah. interesting interesting piece of lore here, World of Warcraft wise. Um <laughs> All the players have resurrection, you know, right? Resurrection's not canon. Mm. It's never been done before. Mm. Only, only revival of the undead. <laughs> oh, but if unless you're in a guild, then you can just mass resurrect yeah. everyone. Yeah, well, that's gone now, actually. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, they uh, resurrection's actually not canon. It's just a game mechanic. Doesn't actually exist in World of Warcraft. Mm. Possibly, there's one cutscene where Anduin, the Prince of Stormwind. Looks like looks a hell of an awful lot like he resurrects all of his troops that are dying around him, but you could probably just argue that they were all almost dead and he just healed them. Super healing. <laughs> it's 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 actually a hot debate of whether it's or not, not resurrection. Anduin, if yeah. they didn't die yet. Very true. Jesus was just in a coma for three days. Bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, yeah he didn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, he has a point. <laughs> it's a debate on whether or not Anduin actually cast a resurrection spell or not. But technically, resurrection is not canon; it's never been done. That's why death is actually meaningful when, like, but people it, die. And, shamans and can just come back to life. Exactly. Though, like, yeah. Whatever. They don't even need someone else to resurrect them. If they have, like, a fucking a specific item in their it's bag. It's an onk. Yeah, if they just have an onk in their bag, they just, oh, I'm a, alive again. Yeah, once an hour. Once an hour, they can just pop back up. It's great. Hey. <laughs> just can't die for 59 minutes. And, like, yeah. Oh, oh, and the thing I was talking about earlier with the, the light and, you know, paladins believing... Tyrion's final words there were, were, light, grant me one final boon. Grant me one flat final blessing. After these events, when the Burning Legion does finally manage to make it back to, you know, Lord Aron, Tyrion Fordring leads the assault on the Broken Isles, and you see him 
basically going toe to toe with like a fucking five story demon. Hmm. Like it's a big demon in this pool of lava, this green fell lava, and it's holding Tyrion, you know, above it. And he said, he basically says, "Any final words, Paladin?" And Tyrion says, "The light will protect me." And he drops him into the pool of lava. The light does not protect Tyrion. It's pretty well speculated that Tyrion's final words, I mean, it comes from Paladin's belief. He said, grant me one final boon. It's pretty well theorized that Tyrion lost his light powers after that. Hmm. Because he believed the light had given him, you know, that final, he was done. Just something... Oh, tap down, baby. (laughs) Just something that's cool. Like, think about lore-wise, at least. Words matter, kids. Yeah. Give me one Give me more boon. Give me <laughs> one more boon. <laughs> I mean, final is just so final. You exactly. don't have to say it. Like You got a lot of life left to live. Yeah. Until you dropped and fell lava. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like that they took Tyrion out that way. It kind of seemed like a, a cop out because he was he was the top paladin of the guild of the you know of the paladins. He was the big paladin. You know, he took out Arthas and then they just kind of dropped him in a pool of lava. But he can handle the cold, just not the heat. Exactly. But when I learned when I realized that, I was like, okay, it's better, but it's still kind of lame. <laughs> Yeah. Man, Uther is still such a dumb name. <laughs> I fire whoever fucking thought of that one. You're out of here. Do the thing, Brad. Do the thing. Do the thing. Well, goddamn. It's been another wild episode of Room to Talk. I'm Bud Walker. Mike Wolowski. I'm Seth. Pat Pappy. Pat Pappy. Pat Pappy. Okay. Peepaw. <laughs> Peepaw. <laughs> we'll see you next week, Peepaw. Peace. Peepaw is skirt skirting out of here. Watch me win. Alright Jerry, I think we're ready for human trials.